Hello and welcome to How to Waste Your Time. Uh, this is the show where you waste time with us now to better waste time without us later. I'm Holden Hens. I'm the main host of the show, and my co-host, who's the second host of the show, is Dira Darian Acupato. You love to see um, some peaked, can-cracking audio waves right when you come in to record. You know what I'm saying? And for all those at home wondering, what did Holden just take a crack of and a, a swig of a, it, you might have heard? It's an 808 malt liquor is what he's drinking uh, It today. is actually a can of tequila. I just cracked that bad boy <laughs> open, and I'm chugging straight from it. Um, no, I am drinking Liquid Death Mountain Water. Murder your thirst. It is the greatest water in the world. I tried to have the show sponsored by Liquid Death. They did not reply to my email. What do you expect from a big enterprise that doesn't care about small indie podcasts? Yeah, we'll read their we'll read their name aloud. We'll endorse it anyway. It's good. It's just good. After besides it being a an ad and getting paid it would be nice. Um, it's pretty good. Also, uh, sponsored by a can of tequila. Can of tequila. Can of tequila. Heavy pressurized tequila to wash down all of your sorrows. Yeah, have you have you ever needed a easier way to drink tequila in a recyclable uh format? Can of tequila. You've heard of glass. But have you <laughs> shotgunned a can of tequila before? I don't think so. Uh, so speaking of sponsors and all um, realness of this real world that we do live in, um, we are now sponsored by Anchor FM. If you go back and listen to any of the episodes, you will hear a minute 30 ad by yours truly with a little bit of nice music on, on the undertone. Uh, if it sounds like not the greatest ad in the world, well, I kind of just wing it, and then I went back and I edited in some certain parts, so you could tell which parts are in and out edited. I don't think Dear I could really tell which part was. Uh, oh no, absolutely after. not. I think it it felt like one slick run. Yeah, it was one slick run, and then I like re-listened to it, and I was like, in uh, if you have um like uh, a Google Google Podcast, you know. So then I was like, hey, let me uh, let me put another. Let take. me sli- let me slide in here. Let me chop this up. Let me yeah. get it. Yeah, let me get in here and freaking make it look real nice and tidy. So one of the benefits of having a, a sponsor is that we do get paid now per listen. So uh, before, yeah, it was you were just sharing for fun to kind of you know help grow our community, but now share to make us money. So yeah, for every share, I'll pay you back. Yeah. Uh, like every person you tell about this podcast, just send me like an IOU and I'll be tell like, me, yeah, tell me sure. how many episodes they listen to and I'll directly reimburse you for how many ads they listen to. <laughs> yeah. It's like the, uh, it's like the, the plumber guy who came into my house. He's like, Hey, uh, so if you know anyone else who needs any plumbing, uh, I'll cut you in a, you know, a percentage if you, uh, if you recommend me cause I'm all word of mouth. I don't, I don't do any advertising. It's like my plumbing's already done by you. How are you going to cut me in on a bill? I don't need extra plumbing. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little uh, something on the side, you know. I mean, I'll, I'll give your card to somebody, but like, my, you just fix, fix my plumbing. Why wouldn't you give me the discount then? Nah, I'm going to give you a little something over the top, you know, something under the rug. And that's what we're going to do with you at home for sharing Where's, how to waste your time. We're the skeezy plumbers. We're the scumbag plumbers. Yeah, so one of the, other, the negative side effect of this is, is it's a minute 30 at the beginning of every podcast because... All of our podcasts is one file, so I would have to edit every single podcast and split it into two, and that just would be a pain in the ass. And so I'm not going to do that. So it's a minute 30 at the beginning of every podcast now. Um, so any episode you listen to is going to make us money, which is nice. But uh, it's obviously just pennies, right? It's a very, very small amount. But the negative consequence of that is now all the timestamps on, on every single episode are a minute 30 off. So when you click on it, um, you do have the forward button, 
uh, that says 30 seconds. So literally all you got to do is hit, click the timestamp and then click 30 boom, seconds. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Uh, this episode, I will obviously have the correct timestamp because I was ready for it now. But previously, I mean, I could add a minute 30 to every single timestamp. If you care, just go ahead and like write in, write in at howtowasteyour.gmail.com. Let me know if you care and I will go back and I'll do that when I have spare time. But I just haven't had like the care or effort or no one's, no one's noticed. No one's told me. But so. yeah, there's no real uh, necessity to go, uh, and cut the previous episodes just to re-upload them with an ad in it when you can just plug the ad in. They're right at the beginning, yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, and I, and I could, like I said, I can move the timestamps back a minute 30. Just add, it's like a minute 31 technically, so I'll just add one minute 31 seconds to every so single the, time. I'm speaking to the the four people that that the timestamps are essential for. Do you need this? Do you not need this? Let, let us know. Yes, write in howtowaster at gmail.com. And if you don't write in, it obviously wasn't that important. Um, clearly you don't care about us and also if you don't write in and tell me how much you've shared the episode you don't care about how much money you're getting back dude the cut you like, talking about the you, cut that you're getting you want to <laughs> you want a producer credit to the to how to waste your time network dude yeah i'll give you a little something over the top let me <laughs> uh let me just tell you um so this episode is um symbolic of the beginning of the end not really beginning of the end of the year um and i mentioned that because as of October 22nd, uh, Claire Jubilee Hints, my beautiful daughter, was born. She is a- among the land of the living. Round of applause for her for being born. Moment of, moment of silence? No, no moment of silence. Moment of joy and adoration <laughs> and smiling, nothing negative. Um, she came a, l- a couple weeks early, so you know the boys weren't really expecting that. But the boys also need some time to uh, regroup. Um, collaborate and listen um stop made a brand new invention um but basically we're gonna put the show on hiatus till 2022 um we are recording this kind of as a in cap to the year and then we'll, we'll have a couple months of stuff that we've consumed and i'll be able to talk about by that point claire will be you know nearly three months three, old three four years old <laughs> yep yep they, they age like dogs just those babies, that's, that's how they do it. Um, no, but it, it'll be good. You know, we'll let us regroup, let us con- consume some stuff. And then Is it, would this be considered a season finale? Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't have seasons on uh, this. I do have seasons on um, a hiatus. I do have seasons on medium of the month because I would I planned on going through every single medium. medium but uh, the last two mediums have been a real pain in the ass because one is with your brother, Chris Lee. And that's comics with Chris Lee. We've both consumed it, but it just can't get recorded because he he just doesn't know how to schedule things. So uh, <laughs> that hasn't happened. And then the board games one is with another guy, and we both bought the the board games. And I've talked about recording with him, but he's a lawyer, and he's like a forty five year old dad who's like has like actual real world responsibilities and stuff, and just can't find any time. And lawyers are hella busy, so I, I get it. You don't have time for an hour podcast, or but he has to play the game too, so that's another additional. Maybe hour, two hours, whatever. You probably should run through the game a few times. Y- yeah, I mean, one playthrough is enough for this kind of thing. I'm not, I'm not tripping about it. I'm not gonna quiz you. Yeah, I haven't played his game yet either. But if we had a, if we had a deadline, I'd be like, oh yeah, let's play. You know, you'd you'd schedule it in. Right. I'd make sure. You know, something. But anyway, so those two episodes didn't happen. We're, then we're gonna have a waste cap episode of the very the season finale of season one. We can just put the season finale. Of, I I don't know. I we might just have a waste cap episode when we come back in 2022, and then just push it on to season two because i got like four or five people i want to uh, new people i want to bring in on 
because you want to rotate in. Yeah, they want to rotate new in. mediums. Yeah, new mediums, and I might bring back one of the heavy hitters from season one, uh, but just just to refresh <laughs> it because it's, any anybody that's listening that was on the show uh, could be you. It's a mystery. Are you the heavy hitter, or was your episode a dud? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll go by the 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 views, the listens, <laughs> and we'll see. So start sharing your episode now, mother trucker. Um. Okay, and speaking of uh, sharing and emailing, we do have one uh, timetable to get to. Um, this one is by a friend of the show, Michael Moran, who you can see on the very first episode of Media of the Month where we talked about two movies. Uh, I'll leave that ambiguous if you want to figure out what movies are. You just go ahead and give it a listen if you haven't already. Uh, but Dira is going to read his um, timetable uh, letter to the pod. Hey, dads. I watched Dark, and it was a great ride. The whole time, I was, I was fearing them pulling a lost on me, but in the end, I was satisfied with the conclusion. Show was really well made, and I really brought uh, the everyone is always dirty and crying aesthetic. I really bought into the everyone is really dirty and crying aesthetic. The music was amazing, in particular Peter Gabriel cover of Arcade Fire's My Body is a Cage during one of the season finales was truly haunting. Spoilers in video, so maybe just listen if you aren't there yet. HTTP colon forward slash www.youtube.com forward slash watch V equals OP. Oh, oh, one, one ZL. If you, you know what, uh, we'll just, uh, we'll leave a link if you want to watch it <laughs> or yeah. you can, or you can just, uh, copy most of it. I think it'll autofill at, if you just want to type in what we just said. Um, let us know what you think when you get there. Also, um, it was a fit for the Spooktober, Spooktober vibe. What was your favorite spooky thing you watched this month? Uh, parentheses, I realize Baby Daddy might have not watched any. Love, Michael. Oh, thank you, Michael. That was a fantastic uh, email. I appreciate you writing in. We're a little light on uh, timetable, but hopefully when we come back in 2022, we'll have I mean, I'd love to make the timetable a regular segment, you know, maybe, maybe we'll have like three or four ready to go and then we'll read like one per episode, you know, just, just keep it ripped and roaring unless it's prevalent to like Christmas or something that's already passed by the time we get to 22. But how about you write in and ask for our favorite New Year's yeah. uh, movies or, or music or whatever. Um, just give me, uh, what's, uh, what's your favorite Easter? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just. Just give us content, bro. Uh, what's your favorite summer solstice movie? Great content for this show because we're 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 running out of content here. <laughs> um, so his question, I mean, he he talked about uh, Dark and um, Jared McBride will be happy to know that somebody on this um, universe, the the How to Waste Your Time uh, network, has completed the the show has and the journey and enjoyed it very much. So yeah, maybe the two of you can like have a little discourse back and forth because hell knows I didn't watch any episodes this month. I've, I haven't watched a single episode since we talked about it last. Okay, well I hope you guys enjoy well, your conversation. Um, considering uh, it's been a short turnaround for, I feel like these last two episodes, or was it a regular turnaround? It, it, by now it's basically like regular turnaround because we're already mm-hmm. recording. In, we're recording on November second, and uh, mm-hmm. so October is basically over. That's usually we record around that time, but. We did record a little later. Anyway, so his question is, it also fit the Scoptober, the Spooktober vibe. You got it. Uh, what was your fave spooky thing that you watched this month? Uh, so I, I was able to watch three spooky things this month. Um, 
I kind of pushed. I watched three as well. That's interesting. Uh, so previous years we usually we tried to go for five. That's our that's our goal. Five spooky things. I like five. That's a good number. Yeah. So uh, the cool thing is I what I do is I I tag it Spooktober. So I have uh, Spooktober twenty twenty one, Spooktober twenty nineteen, and Spooktober twenty twenty. Um, so in Spooktober twenty twenty one we watched three things. We watched um, My Best Friend is a Vampire, which is a nineteen eighty eight um, kind of like almost coming of age, but it's just like. What do you mean I'm a vampire? Like a lot of people think oh, it. Uh, like your uh, uh, Michael Michael J. Fox um, wo- uh, werewolf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. T- teen Wolf. Um, but it's but it's like he, he thinks like he's getting lucky with some like older woman, and she like brings him in like in like a, a secluded mansion. He's like finally, and his like best friend drives him. Yeah, he's like, it. you got this, man. Go for it. It's totally like '80s like horny vibe for like a I think it's a PG movie. Um. But it's but it's basically like he goes in and he's like, she started getting freaky with me, man. She <laughs> she was like biting and stuff, and it was wild. If, if like, there's one way I wouldn't want to describe my sex life, that would be '80s PG horniness. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that one that one wasn't the best, but it was fun. It was fun, and in a lot of in the reviews, a lot of people were like, this movie's just a big euphemism for homosexuality. Like he could he had to hide the fact that he was like a vampire from his parents, and finally he came out, and his parents were like, hey, that's okay. That's they they were they were already suspecting that he was gay. That was what they thought he was hiding. And then when he when he came out and said, uh, "I'm a vampire," they're like, "Okay, yeah, okay, well, yeah, we'll work with that. Well, we'll that, that's totally all right." So the, his parents did actually assume he was gay. Yeah, they were reading like books, like what, what to do if your son is gay. Like the, the, so, the, it, like it really is a euphemism for it. It, it kind of felt that way. Um, yeah. If so, if you it so take this, if you are gay, you're a freak monster that is basically lives a fictional life well not anymore but in the 80s probably in the 80s probably <laughs> um we also watched uh, batman the long halloween part one that's that's pretty fun it's based off the comic it's, the animation's really solid like it's a little bit different than um typically what you expect from a spoilers is that when uh bane breaks batman's back no that's like the that's like the night kingdom that's like nightfall i think that's called nightfall nightfall that's the, the what's the long halloween from. The long Halloween is like there's a a killer. His name's Holiday, and each yes, each yes, and yes, every yes, holiday yes, yes, he does yes, something, yes, yes. and we have to figure out who he is. And it's very detective Batman. Um, but Batman is played by uh, uh, Jensen Eccles, he, aka the guy from uh, Dark Angel. I think he's from yeah. He played in Smallville. What's his what's his big one? Uh, oh, Supernatural. He plays. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yes, yes, yes. He's yes, one of the yes, two yes, guys yes, from Supernatural. And what's then his, what's his line? Sam. That's his line. That's his line. <laughs> but yeah, that's him. That's what makes uh, him famous. Uh, Troy Baker plays Joker, which is kind of a, a hit. Um, Naya Rivera, rest in peace, plays um, uh, Catwoman. She does a great job. And um, the other one is uh, Billy Burke, aka the dad from Twilight, plays uh, Commissioner Gordon. So this is this is cool because it's still early in Batman. He's uh he's not yet uh. He's not yet a commissioner. I think he's still like d- Lieutenant Gordon. So it's Interesting. still it's still very early and like written into like Batman Bruce Wayne's career. All right, all of that's leading to on Halloween night we watch Paranorman. All of these movies uh, Steph fell asleep in, so they're relevant. They're all basically for me. But Paranorman is a great. Um, it's from Leica Studios. It's a great stop animation film. It's about a boy who can see dead people, and he lives in like a Salem, Massachusetts type city, and essentially. He just uh, 
he has he's the one who has to stop the the witch's curse more or less. Is that how you read that in three two one? That's your favorite. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that's okay. how I would read it. Um, but but Paranorman was uh, a lot of fun. Great Halloween movie. Uh, very spooky. Um, I, honestly, like while we were watching this stuff, I was like, "What age do you think we'll show Claire this?" And I was like, "You know, it just depends on how she handles this kind of stuff." Because if she watches like, we got to test the water with some like lighter stuff, and then you know, as soon as something like six, I feel like you could be watching stuff like this. But if you might have nightmares of seeing like zombies come out of the graves, you know, if she can handle hocus pocus, I said, then she can handle this. Yeah. So it just depends on like what's your level of like spooky. But can you can you separate that that's fiction versus reality? I so. think that's a that's a big millennial thing is to be like is to push all your favorite media onto your child. So like when it comes to when I think about music and anime and like the stuff that I'm like, oh, bro, you have to watch this. Like when you're my child and they're gonna totally be like, mm, I don't really want to watch that. They're gonna want to watch whatever's new out at the time. Um, but I I will respect any time that you can like. Uh, give something to your child and such like media and stuff that you connect to and they also connect to I think that that's a real part a good part of parenthood yeah man I'm gonna be real disappointed if I look at Claire and I say bro come on let's watch Adventure Time together come on bro let's watch another freaking One Piece episode dude what are you waiting for dude we gotta catch up it's still going now (laughs) so you have to catch up you've been slacking dude basically since 1998 so figure it out Back when you were just a sparkle in my freaking baby eye. <laughs> um, uh, my Spooktober, um, I guess, uh, went went uh, as well as yours did. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, down the list, uh, we'll start with uh, one of my favorites in, in a classic to end all classics. Um, we watched The Evil Dead. Classic. Instant classic. Um, both me and Abigail fell asleep during it. <laughs> Tried and true. Tried and true. Uh, it, it is one of my favorites, and it's a fun movie, but it is boring. It is kind of boring. It's so low budget that it like hurts a little bit. Where it's just like, ah, uh, like it doesn't. It's not like entertaining low budget. It's yeah. Just like yeah, watching Ash like have a a two by four bookshelf that like he's like struggling to like get off his back <laughs> that fell on him, and it, clearly he like wrapped his own arm up into it, like. It's 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 stupid and it's campy and it's but I do love it and I like it as a as a cool medium. It was fun to watch it on Halloween night. Um, the other movie I watched on Halloween night, which Abby was already asleep, I had woken back up from Evil Dead and got like a glass of water. And I was like, I'll watch another movie. Uh, for the first time, I watched Corpse Bride. Oh yeah, that movie is so good when it's in color and so bad when there is no color. Oh yeah, I wouldn't dare watch that in black and white. Um, I mean, like the the black and white scenes of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I I get what you're saying now. Yeah, when it yeah. when once you crawl into the uh, afterworld, like the whole movie lights up, and yeah. it's amazing. And her like walking through the like the bright blue moonlight, so good, so so incredible. Um, but all the stuff like that happens in the human world is just like painstakingly boring. Yeah. It's but it's intentionally intentionally, intentionally dull, yeah, for but sure. But it's but it's like so dull that it hurts, and you're just like, can we get back to something that's interesting? And it yes. spends probably way too much time, I think, because I think it's like three fourths to one fourth. One fourth of the movie is like really good because it happens in like this bright underworld, and it takes like right. it, it's it's funny because it it is all by design to like the human songs are boring, the the afterworld songs are like bright and it's jazzy. The guy's right. scatting like. Um, the the skeleton jazz man is scatting like right. it's so cool and he's like standing on the bar like whatever, it's all uh so cool and then you go back to the human world and you're like, just kill me dude like I mean that's his that's his 
motivation movie. too at the yeah. end of the movie. He's like, just kill me. I'd rather be in this. I'd rather be in the afterworld. But um, um, I think if I were to rate that, it's probably not better than uh, what's what's the the classic Tim Burton? Nightmare Before, Nightmare Christmas? Before Christmas. Yeah, it's oh, not, yeah. It's not, no it's not way. Better. It it doesn't hold a candle. Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. Um, I I I feel like, of course, Ride is probably one of Abby's favorite Tim Burton's, but which, mm. which I think is, it's it's good. I think it, I thought it was good, but like, still Christmas and Halloween, I want to watch Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, I'd probably give it like, of course, Brad. I'm I'm probably giving it like a sixty-eight. Like I'm like, yeah, I probably fine. yeah, I probably go around there, maybe seventy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because sure it's fresh on my mind. A little bit over that, but that's alright. Um, number one though is actually going to be featured on this episode, so I won't talk about it now. But it would be a Midnight Mass. Oh, very nice. Well, we'll we'll get to that. It's a TV show, right? Yeah, it is a Netflix TV show. Netflix Orig. All right, we'll get into that right after we finish the segment of movies. What if we played a uh, the uh? Let's all go to the movies. Let's all go to the movies. And it's a bunch of snacks and stuff singing. Bro, you're a snack today. You see the way his hair's parted down the middle? Wow. <laughs> um, okay, so talking about movies here. Uh, we So uh, the birth of my child happened uh, just a few few days ago. And we were stuck in the hospital for a while. And uh, there was something I was like, it was kind of on my hit list. Something I was kind of like movie hit list. It was, this was on my movie hit list for a while too. Yeah, it's it's been on my movie hit list forever. Um, but it got pushed because of uh, a TV show. So the TV show came out. It's called um, Aquaman King of Atlantis. It's a three part series. Um, it's on HBO Max. I saw about it through like it was it was I think it was like an IGN roundup. It was like this is coming out this month in entertainment. And I watched the beginning and I was like, whoa, this looks so different than anything uh, DC has done. And so I watched the first episode and I was like, okay, this show is like a continuation of the Aquaman movie. I'm like, well, I don't really know who these characters are or like what's going on. So I'm like, all right, I need to watch this movie. So finally one night, Steph's kind of sleeping and, and I was like, what do you want? She's like, I don't care. Just put something on. And I was like, okay, can we watch Aquaman? And she's like, oh, that's fine. Another movie she fell asleep. In. So we watch Aquaman 2018. The one with Jason Momoa and um, Amber Heard and Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Um, and I, I watched it and while it's going on, like there's some really, really cool sequences, but ultimately every single thing that happens underwater, which is like three fifths of movie at least, um, is just so corny to look at. Like, I know a lot of people were like, wow, this is incredible, but it's clearly they're not underwater. It's not like the underwater scenes in 300 are great because they were all filmed underwater, but there's so much of it going on underwater. There's a lot of speaking lines and stuff that you just have to suspend your disbelief and think, oh, they're underwater, but it looks so bad. Like, there's, there's underwater scenes in 300? The, yeah, there's one There's one where she's, um, like, it's a woman underwater, and he has to, like, it's like a dream sequence. Mm-hmm. And and, she, it, and her hair is, like, floating up, but she's, like, right side up. And it's it's really, like, captivating, but they talk mm-hmm. about how they filmed it and whatnot. Yeah, my thought was, it's, it's I wish that this Aquaman visually surpassed uh, a Man of Steel. Because Man of Steel visual effects were incredible, like with I'm, the with the cape and him flying and stuff like that. People people really liked this movie, Aqu- Aquaman 2018. A lot of people mm-hmm. like when the movie first came out in 2018. I remember everyone talking about, "Oh, it looks so good, bro! You guys see it." And I was just like, ah, "I'm I'm not too compelled. I I don't know for some reason Aquaman just doesn't really." Neither, draw me neither was I. Um, I do like Jason Momoa, and he did great here. 
but I so I watched a video with Amber Heard. She is known recently for domestic violence against Johnny Depp. And I watched um, a video where she's in court and she's being like cross-examined over like over like some like conversation that Johnny Depp recorded. And he and he's like, hey, Amber, you hit me. And she's like, I didn't hit you. I punched you. OK, there's a difference. You're acting like I hit you. and I knocked you out. No, I punched you. No, no, Amber, you slapped me and then you hit me and I got knocked down. And she's like, you're being such a baby about this. Stop being such a baby, Johnny. Stop being. And then the guy's like, is this you, Amber? Is this you? And she's like, yeah, what? And, I, and I'm just like, Ugh. so that whole like video resonated, rung a bell through my damn head. And so I'm, while I'm watching this movie, I want to like be engrossed in this Mira character that she plays and like Aquaman's like love interest and oh, everything she does is so cool. But I cannot get that video out of my head. Uh, and guess and, who's not coming back in the sequel? I think she is. I think she is. She's in the sequel. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's in the sequel. Unfortunately, but she, about, yeah, I've watched both. <laughs> <laughs> she the sequel comes out like next year. Uh, it, it it was just so hard to look at her. I don't know. I could not get that out of my mind. Like there's certain people who are like that for me. Like Leslie Mann. Anytime I see Leslie Mann, like I can't get her out of my brain that I hate her so much. So um, I think I didn't like her character because of the bad CGI red hair. Yeah, that was pretty goofy too. When she stepped out of the water, I was like, "Oh, it's a wig." And then when she was in the water, I was like, "That's just fake green screen hair or something like that." Like it's very strange. Yeah. So, uh, and then the main plot's really bad. There's like a guy. There's there's Manta in in the comic, like who's sorry in the movie that's a really big comic uh, villain, and his character just gets brushed aside. Yeah, he's pretty lame. Um, Ocean Master is uh his half brother, and played by uh. Patrick Wilson, I think, or Patrick, he's the guy from, uh, Conjuring, the Conjuring, um, it's Patrick Wilson, like I said, and he's terrible, he's just a bad actor, um, whoa, dude, everything, Dolph Lundgren's in it, it's just, everything about the movie just does not work, oh yeah, Dolph plays, plays the king of Atlantis, yeah, yeah, um, I do like Nicole Kidman's character, and I like the concept of her and, um, um, Boba Fett, yeah, be, being like star-crossed lovers a little bit. Uh, um, sorry, Tamar Morrison. Um, and, and man, just just I don't know. So much of it was just so hokey. Like Steph woke up a couple times in between sleep. And she's like, "This is so bad. What are you doing?" And I was like, "I gotta get through this, honey. It's I got it's for the podcast. I gotta get through this because I'm gonna be talking about the. I, it's, I gotta the, the TV show's gotta make sense now, honey. And it, man, it just I don't know. Whatever it it's really bad. It's bad acting. Um, there's, there's a couple of scenes that are really redeeming. The intro sequence is super cool. Like any, a lot of the stuff on land, it really works. Like I love a lot of the hand, hand stuff. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun seeing, uh, Jason Momoa do stuff and, you know, not be hammy, but just kind of be like a, a local legend, like just around town. He's like, what, what do you mean? I'm going to be the king. Like, I, I don't want to be the king. I just want to just beat up people, you know? And so, so there's definitely some redeeming stuff, but ultimately like this movie is a 54 out of hundred. Like it's barely above average. <sighs> It's barely above average. I think I'd probably agree with you. Um, saying that, talking about it out loud, um, this is I think Abby likes this movie a lot, which is unfortunate. Um, but I do think that probably most of the DC stuff should work better in like live action series. Like I don't understand what's the the issue with their movies and why. I mean, obviously, like what? There's no reason to imitate anything Marvel. So when you go away from that why would you also just make a pg like kind of just weird bad acting bad cgi mess like why wouldn't you just take it in the full other direction 
uh, make it R rated and like have adult flavored uh, comic book. Yeah, stuff. I mean that's that's kind of how they went with Suicide Squad, and that really worked out for them. It, and it's working out now, but it didn't in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, this is their second iteration of the Suicide Squad. There's four moments in Aquaman where people are having exposition like conversations, and then gets interrupted by an explosion, and then yes. they get attacked four different times. Like how how can you reuse the same like cliche tactic four times in one movie? It's insane. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I I I, I would agree with the round there. Um, Jason Jason Momoa also I feel like. Uh, maybe does better as a side character in most of his movies as well. Because I've seen um, what's the other one with? Uh, they're like in a desert wasteland and bad bad people, bad apples, something like that. That's awful. Um, but the, the movie, bad batch, bad batch, yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, yeah, he really hasn't been in many good movies. But let's let's just move on. Let's talk about a, a apparently a good movie he was in that is going to be your movie for the month. Let's, um, let's talk about D U N E. Let's not talk about Don't. Let's talk about Dune. Big Dune. Like I said, he's much better as a side character. Um, character's name, which is one of my favorite for any. It's uh, a good name. Yeah, especially for sci-fi characters, because you know you can go crazy. It's, it's like you can make up a different language. But we're just gonna name Jason Moa uh, Duncan Idaho. It's a great one, the great one, especially when you you have people like Gurney Halleck and Reverend Mother Gaius Helen Moheim. So yeah. Leto Artreus. Uh, uh, Shadak Mapes. Yeah, Shadak Mapes. Yeah, for sure. Hawat specialist. And, yeah, and then there, <laughs> then there's just our good good old fashioned guy uh, Duncan Idaho. Duncan Idaho, great great name. Um, speaking of Dune. Um, I was pretty excited for this, even though I have no previous knowledge or information of Dune as a whole. I know it's a very famous sci-fi book. I know it was a very famous old movie, and this is the remake. I mean, not really a remake of that movie, but this is another adaptation. Another adaptation, yes. Um, My uh, main thoughts about this is that there are so many characters in here that are so well acted and I'm uh and I wanted so much more of. But if you understand the story, then you know what I'm saying that like I probably won't get any more of these characters. Um but specifically Oscar, Oscar Isaac, Jason Momoa, um, are the two big ones for me that I was like, dang, I, I missed the um what's the guy that plays Gurney? The guy that plays Gurney is Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin, he did J B. Our boy J B, our Thanos brother from another mother. Um, he did very well. Um, overall, it's it's. I think this is probably going to be one of our biggest sci-fi ec- epics of the n- next couple of uh, years. I think it's super popular. I think it's doing really well. I'm not. I'm not even really sure. I just only came out a few weeks ago. On Letterbox, it has a 4.1 out of five star average. So that's really good for Letterbox. That's really good. Um, and that's that's out of 351,000 people that have rated it. So yeah. So it's it's doing well. Um, things that I think this this one does well, it doesn't. It's so much like um. I want to say it has this uh, just premiere kind of feel of sci-fi to it. Like it definitely is cut. Like you're definitely not going to see this on a sci-fi network. This is more of a your uh, it, like when we watched um, Blade Runner together. Like it was so well put together. Yeah, twenty four nine. 
yeah, it was the the acting was great and it was so like extremely polished around the edges and like it they took their time making this and it really showed. Same director, Denis Villeneuve. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as that, I'll just go in ratings because I'll talk more about Dune later. For right now, it's sitting at a 90, and it's only part one. Yeah, did they say how many parts they were going to make it? Two, probably. Two. Cool. cool. I assume two. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. We actually had movie tickets, and then uh, Claire was born, so we had to cancel those <sighs> tickets. So shout out to CJ for uh, Claire Jubilee for um, stopping, halting my Dune in Dolby uh, experience, but hey, guess what? You were worth it, Claire. I love you. If worth, you're, li- if you're listening it. to this, worth every penny of the fully refunded tickets. No doubt in my mind. <laughs> um, but that's cool. That's cool. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I love sci-fi. The, the concept of Dune is really cool. So yeah, I would it. I would give this one an, a Grady 88, but it's better than that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. 90 masterpiece level. I'm, I'm sure I'll really dig it. Nothing to fear. <laughs> All right, so as I hinted at earlier, my TV show that I'm going to be talking about is Aquaman, King of Atlantis. And I'm just going to lead off with this thought that I've had in my brain since I wrote the review for Aquaman 2018. Aquaman 2018 walked so Aquaman, King of Atlantis could run. And I am not joking with you. I am not messing around aquaman king of atlantis looks like something more akin to like adventure time i would say the show is a cross between spongebob because a lot of it happens under underwater um adventure time because of the animation style and kind of the goofiness and aquaman 2018 so you mix those three properties together and throw you them get in a blender throw them in a blender say will it blend and yes it will and it tastes delicious it tastes impeccable i was not expecting it to be so damn good as it is and the fact that it 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 continues the storyline of the of aquaman 2018 so basically when aquaman 2018 ends spoilers aquaman's king of atlantis but he just took over for ocean master and so people loved ocean master or whatever and now he's trying to win over the people and that's just the, the, the basic plot but all the people are like yeah remember that ocean master guy oh man he was great and he's like no he was trying to go into war, and he was doing awful things. Like, yeah, but one time he took me with him, and that was pretty fun. I was in war with him. That was a good time. Ah, Ocean Master. And they're like, no, no, no. And so he's trying to do whatever the people. Ocean Master comes back as this, like, kind of crotchety old man. He's like, I'm going to be back on the throne again. And his character is a billion times better than Patrick Wilson's version. Um, the biggest highlight has to be... Uh, Gillian Jacobs, aka Britta from the community, she voices Mira and makes that character 180, like a whole 180 like turn from how awful she is in the movie to just a phenomenal character. She's kind of like a like a like a puncher, like let's let's beat him up, let's get him, you know. And she's also like kind of calming down uh, Aquaman, like hey, it's gonna be okay. And like there's some like cutesy love moments between them, even though it's like animated goofy style, and their relationship is so whole. And it's it's so good. Um, I, yeah, I can imagine her voice making it a little bit. Um, I don't know something about Amber Heard being snarky. Um, uh, it's she's she's a biatch, bro. Yeah, I, I would use the same word, but uh, Jillian being snarky, I think, is funny and works. Yeah, uh, Gillian Jacobs is phenomenal on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, Aquaman, King of Atlantis, 
apparently has a hundred percent spoilers, which is pretty good. The fan reception's bad, five point nine on IMDb. Well, but but I think a lot of people like it's just not what they were expecting. Didn't understand it, and yeah, they obviously didn't get it. Um, Cooper Andrews, who plays um, he plays I think Gary in uh, The Walking Dead. He plays uh, Aquaman, and he does it. He does a great job in between. I'm King Aquaman, you know, and like kind of has that mm-hmm. voice. And then some, he gets deflated when he's just talking to Mira and he's like, what, what do I do? What, what I, they just keep wanting ocean master. What do I do? And so it's a three part series, 45 minutes each. But like the way, the way the story goes is so fun. Like it's, it is literally like the epitome of one of my favorite things ever is you can take the series wherever you want. Like there is no, limits to your creativity right like whatever you think can happen can happen and so the, the on one of the episodes there's a uh like a island that's just somebody's big body and like their fingers are like popping out of the island and like like they have to fight against it and there's one where like a shrimp who wears like uh, sneakers and he's like steals from people <laughs> like it's just it's so goofy and so funny like i had belly laughter um uh the guy from rio 911 plays volko the uh the main main guy from yeah, the yeah, yeah. one, um, Officer uh, McDiggle, McDingle, Dangle? Jim Jim Dangle. Yep, he plays Vulcan, his like assistant, who I would venture is even better than um, Willem Dafoe. Whoa, bro! Because Willem Dafoe kind of feels like fish out of water. No pun intended. Got him. Um, but Aquaman King of Atlantis is absolutely a masterpiece of a show. It's it's something that nobody asked for, nobody expected. It is so wild that it even exists like the animation style is constantly like shifting from something like this to something i'm saying like this because i'm showing it to d right to yeah, something like that looked like a saturday morning cartoon to something like a little bit more like um animated with like eyebrows and beard and like the action shots are good yeah and that looked like a very late night cartoon network yes it it, it airs on cartoon network so it kind of has a little bit of that cartoon network type vibe um but ultimately, it just it just looks like you know, like Adventure Time mixed with SpongeBob, and it is I cannot speak enough about how good the show is. And that if you ever had interest in Aquaman's character, this was the show for you. Like, I mean, it sounds nice. Just three parts. I mean, even if you aren't interested in the character of Aquaman, it's just good television. Just straight up like good cartoons that would be I would wouldn't mind showing to my daughter when she's five, and I don't mind watching it as a twenty five year old male. Like. It is seriously engaging, like for like Y seven TV show, very clean humor, uh, but still like really poignant, like just like funny, like getting frustrated, like characters getting frustrated and frolicked over like silly things, but like still being really relevant. He like brings up like he references like several parts in the movie where he gets like empathetic with the characters, like hey man, I get it. My dad used to wait out at the ocean every single night for my mom to come back. Like I get it. It's tough. So he like even references stuff. So it's it's the same like canon. And I am gushing about it because I am going to give it a 94 out of 100. I think it's a masterpiece. I think HBO Max hit it right on the nail. And I, if you don't like this mo- like TV show, um, I, I get it. But if you're saying that it, oh, it's not, it's not my Aquaman. He doesn't have blonde hair. Yada yada. If you're upset because of that, like you need to grow up. But it is phenomenal. Y- y'all need to watch it. High praise. Yeah, high praise for high high love. Bro. I'm shout out from the rooftop. Um, I'm glad you had a lot to say about that because uh, my Spooktober TV entry of the month, I'm pretty sure every single person should go in completely blind. Completely blind. Um, if, if you haven't already seen it. 
if you haven't already seen it, yes, it is the Midnight Mass um, from director Mike Flanagan, which I have talked about before, being uh, Haunting of Bly Manor, Haunting of Hill House. Right, and it's in that sequ- it's in that series. I think he has a name for it, right? Um, I don't know if it. It's definitely along the same lines. It definitely deals with some horror aspects. Um, but I don't know if it's in the Haunting series. It does. Um, typical of him is to reuse the same actors, actresses. Mm-hmm. Um, only two actresses, one actor and one actress, cross over into Midnight Mass. Whereas previously he recycled the whole the whole cast. Um, three actors. I'm sorry, Raul uh, Coley. Um. Yes. Uh. So the reason I like this one, it completely uh has just embodied like really good modern horror for me. Um. All the characters I uh really had a good time with, and um really had just great captivating performances from them. Um. Specifically, Raul Cody is probably one of my newest favorite actors. Uh, TV actors. And I've seen him in two things. Um, beyond that, uh, Zach Guilford and uh, the other girl, Kate Siegel, um, have really interesting characters and interesting things happen with those characters. Um, to not spoil anything, because it is there's there's some heavy spoilers to this show that I that I would I would uh, not be doing justice if I did spoil them. Yeah. So what happens at the end? Um, period. Uh, ninety out of one hundred. The ending. Um, let's see. The uh, the kids get on a boat and they 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 uh they paddle out into uh basically into um the sunrise. Kids get on the boat and paddle out to the sunrise. That in, sounds, in a canoe. Sounds like children are men. Yeah, it could be. Never so, seen it. Bro, sleeping on children are men. <laughs> Great movie. All right, cool. Glad you like Minute Mass. We didn't watch anything scary for Spooktober because. Uh, postpartum and prepartum Steph uh, uh, doesn't isn't down for like killing death, scary, spooky, even psychological type stuff, and we'll, we'll get to that in the waste cap. But there's know. there's some of that in there, probably. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, but I do think it it surpasses um Spooktober. If you do want to catch this outside of Spooktober, it doesn't really. I feel like it's just horror in general, and it 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 deals with uh it deals with horror in a very interesting way. If you want to catch this outside, catch me outside. The 30, the 20, the 10. We're talking sports, baby. <laughs> um, I'm going to be talking about uh, UFC 267. Um, it was a event. It was uh, an uh unprecedented event it was a good fight card uh it it was something that i've been looking forward to for a while um essentially it was two titles two t- two two different cards we had the light heavyweight and we also had the see i, I hear this one a lot a lot of different ways i used to call it um the bantamweight but how do you pronounce it uh, bantamweight. Bantamweight. I've heard like bantamweight, 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 bantamweight. Okay, so the bantamweight uh, championship, but it was the intern championship, which is because 
the champ right now, uh, Alderman Sterling, who deserved it, couldn't fight. So um, Peter Jan and Corey Sanhagen fought. It was a great five rounds. I wanted Corey Sanhagen to win so much just because I love unconventional fighters. His style is so different, so weird. He's kind of rangy for his weight class, and I kind of like the, that he's just kind of like pecking at you. Yeah, I like the um, – he does a thing where he like – he his arms are wide open and he kind of shoots from the outside, like punches you from the outside a lot because he has a long wingspan. I feel like that that being very uncon- unconventional of like – uh, especially for those fighters that like walk with their walk right towards you with their hands in their face, like trying to jab you down. Like it's fun to watch a guy just dance and shoot, shoot from the outside. Yeah, it is. It is a lot of fun. So I, I wish he would have won. He didn't get his decision against him. He even said, Hey, I, I don't feel like I deserve to win afterwards. So I was like, okay, if you didn't feel like you deserve to win, then I guess I shouldn't be too upset for the decision not going your way, but I think it should have. Um, and then in the main light heavyweight championship, uh, my boy Jan uh, Blachowicz. 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 Thank you. Uh, he did end up getting uh, choked out on, on the ground by um, the 42-year-old Glover Texera, which is a big deal because Glover could have been a champion a long time ago, but he had visa issues, and so he couldn't ever make it over from Brazil. And so finally he made it, and now he's finally champ. So it's a big deal because he's 42. He's kind of pulling a John Elway here, but I guess he's going to defend his title, but I think he's going to lose his next fight just because Yuri is kind of a different kind of fighter. Um, but that was kind of fun. It was kind of sad too. It, I was happy. It, it was hard to have mixed emotions when it's like the guy you're rooting for loses, but it's like, well, I want to be happy for this man who may have never had another chance otherwise. Maybe yawn through because they're good friends. Oh wow, that's conspiracy, bro. That's a good conspiracy. Um, also, yawn didn't want the belt anymore because he wants to punch some more kids. I, I think that's a that's a big conspiracy. Uh, the other fight that uh. And the main card that I want to talk about, pretty much the, the only other one worth mentioning of, of spectacle, um, Kazmat uh, Chemayev. Uh, he is a Chechenian, so if you've ever watched Barry, he's, he's Chechen. He's, he's part of that kind of group. Um, the reason why I want to talk about him is because uh, the guy he was fighting is, is legit. His name is uh, Jingliang Li. He is known as the Leech. He is uh, probably the, the best Chinese uh, male mixed martial artist right now. Uh, very, very good. Very talented at what he does. Um, great nickname. The Leech is a great nickname, no doubt. Um, but here's the thing. The fight started. Um, Chimaev Kazmat walks over to him, picks him up, just literally picks him up, walks over to Dana White and says like uh, something like, this is fight of the night, or like, I smash. Like, he says something, but he's talking. He's looking at Dana White talking while he, the man's in the air. Like, this is a this is not like a small man. He's six feet tall, and he's in the weight class of being like 170 pounds. And he picks him up in the air, yelling at Dana White, and then slams him to the ground. Then just proceeds to just be more technical than him. Uh, throws like three or four rear naked chokes until one actually sinks. And then the fight is over in a total of like uh, three minutes. It, it, it's crazy that someone can be that dominant over another very, very special fighter. And so, um, Cosmod's on, uh, 10-0 right now. He's, he's undefeated. And now it's like, man, one more fight, and he's probably fighting for a title. And that's going to be a, a crazy, crazy fight. Yeah, he is, was so quickly into one of my newest favorite fighters. And I think it only had started in 2020. You know what I mean? So, it's, he's definitely making a, a, a run 
for the belt if if i say so myself um not only that um tactic of picking him up and then just out wrestling him out classing him he's also like a big knockout guy he is he is one of those in that scary weight class where you can be really fast and also one punch knockout like he is he's an absolute monster and that technique of like picking someone up and dragging to to your corner is not new but picking him up and dragging him and throwing him down in front of your boss in front of the guy that pays you is kind of uh just disrespectful it's a power move for sure yes and i'm glad i'm also really glad um for the leech because he did not tap and he just passed out (laughs) <laughs> which is which is the only answer you can have when you get disrespected that bad is to go out on your shield like that. That's that's true. Um but so so if if Kamaru Usman wins um this Saturday then he'll still be the welterweight champion. Um but then like who who's the next person right before who's the next person who he has to beat and then he can fight Usman cuz obviously he's not he's still like I said he's 10 and 0, he's still pretty young. He doesn't have a lot of fights. He's got to fight somebody in like the top ten. If he fights, um, I would love to watch him smash Corey Covington. Yeah, yeah, maybe Kobe he gets Covington. A, he's number five right now. So, um, Ch- Chimaev Cosmot's uh, number five on on the ranking. So he just has to beat Gilbert Burns. Maybe one more fight, he fights Gilbert Burns and then Usman. I don't know. He could. They could. The, the next uh, Usman fight could be Chimaev. Cos- yeah. Because I think I think Cosmod will not back down. Like in the in the interviews, he's oh he's, yeah he's he is absolutely one of those guys. I'll fight anybody. I will he, fight anybody. He he got three wins in like I think it was like thirty days because he had like yeah. w- one fight like sixteen day, days apart because he was a fill-in because he was still at Fight Island. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll fight, I'll smash anyone. So the fact that he's number five right now, he, I mean him, man, I need I need Jorge Masvidal to fight somebody that's like an easy win, easy win. He can't be, <laughs> he can't be fighting Cosmo. But if Cosmo is against like, uh, it, it doesn't make sense for him to fight against Colby, but maybe against like Vincent uh, Lecu. Lucky, Lucky, um, the silent assassin fights him or Gilbert Burns or something. Then I think those two would be good. I think it's more of I know Kobe Covington would get destroyed. Oh yeah, in a similar fashion. Um, Cosmat versus Usman would be really That's fun. That's gonna be insane because Usman is also an extremely dedicated wrestler, and if those two wrestled, I think it would be super scary yeah, I want, I'm i pretty sure both man. of them would wrestle for like three rounds it's gonna be wild because we're gonna see Usman maybe pick him off with the jab and it's just we're just never seeing anybody do that to Cosmont so I don't know we'll we'll see it'll but, be, yeah, but, it'll be I would love to see them box for two rounds and like you said Usman just having a strong jab while Cosmont throwing huge punches and maybe sting him once or twice and then they could probably wrestle for three three rounds after that and go to decision yeah, nonetheless, it was, a, it was a very good card. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, the expected outcomes for the championship belts did not happen the way I wanted to, but all of the uh, the Russian boys did very well because it was another Fight Island fight, so that's where they, they try to get all the Europeans in the Fight Island fights. Um, that makes sense. So, you know, uh, Islam won. Uh, Alexander Volkov, he won. Uh, Magomed Ankalev, who could be the next basically next up for light heavyweight because he he looks pretty nasty um but we'll see we'll see ufc's are all i mean in my opinion this is the greatest era of ufc we've seen yet oh yeah Uh, by far because like even when you talk about like the great times where it was like chuck liddell um who's who randy couture uh that was a great weight class 
Like you had, a, that was when light heavyweight was in its prime. I mean, even John Jones stuff was great. Uh, we had some good stuff with middleweight, uh, with, uh, Anderson Silva, that era. And we had some good stuff with, I think, I think it's, is it, is welterweight where the GSP is? Or is that lightweight? Yeah. Welterweight. So GSP with welterweight and some good stuff with lightweight with, uh, um, Conor McGregor and whatnot. But I think just the pure amount of talent that we have between every weight class, like there is no real like weak weight class. There's like one that I would say is like probably the, the worst one. Who's right featherweight now. champion right now? Yeah. Um, featherweight I, and lightweight champion are probably where I'm to the two. No, lightweight champ is legit. Um, lightweight is, um, Charles Oliveira. That's, that's Chucky. Oh. So he, I mean, he, he did win the vacated uh, championship cause, uh, Khabib uh, retired, but he's still legit. Like, um, and then, yeah, featherweight. I think those two classes are the, especially when you get below the top ten. They're kind of like when you see them on a card, they're definitely low on cards. Yeah, but uh, Alexander uh, Volkanovsky is the uh, featherweight champion right now. Volkanovsky. So, so who just had a one of the best fights of the year against Brian Ortega? So, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe. Flyweight with Brandon Moreno, but everything's good. Like he's really he's really cool though. Heavyweight's insane. Yeah, light heavyweight's been good to us. Uh, Middleweight and middleweight and welterweight is like top tier right now. Um, when is uh, what's the interim fight for um, heavyweight right now? Yeah, Cyril Gain versus Francis Ngannou is is gonna be insane because because comes to a head. Yeah, Cyril Gain is the interim champion right now. So that that one is gonna be just huge, huge, big boys, absolutely huge. But the longest champ right now is is Kamara Usman. He's been since March second, twenty nineteen, longest champ. Yeah, he's kind of a boss. He's four defenses. He's he's got the most out of any champ right now. I think he's gonna get a fifth one this weekend. Uh, meanwhile, Amanda Nunes is still two time champion, featherweight and bottom weight, phantom weight. The two-time, the double champ. Valentina Shevchenko had to drop down to flyweight so she didn't have to fight Amanda Nunes because that's the only losses in her career. She has two losses against Amanda Nunes, and she didn't lose to anyone else. <laughs> She's 6-0 six, six in her title defenses. Amanda's been dominant since 2016. That's five years she's been the bantamweight champion. That's five years she said, Ronda Rousey, you're done. You have no chance to Peace ever come back. Ret- time to retire, Rousey. Um... Yeah, so like we just did a little rundown of the UFC uh, championships right whole. now as a whole, but but that's just because I really think this is this is the best era that we've seen of of UFC, and um, I think if any time to get into it, it's right now. You know, the, you missed it already, dude. The, the the best time to get into it was was probably like four or five years ago, but the second best time is right now. Second best time was late twenty nineteen. Okay. Then you then you would have watched two yeah. Khabib fights. Yeah, and that's all you really need to see. Killer, some killer wins, especially his win against Gaethje. Great win, yeah. Um, and you watched the fall of Connor. Man, different fighter now. The Irish King. Different fighter now, bro. He fights like conventional style. He's not like in his karate stance anymore. It's it's bizarre. But that's a talk for another time. Let's let's move on to um, uh, hike. That's a bad count. <laughs> that, that was like a five count. I was I was trying to throw them off. It threw me off, dude. Sit, sit. A lot of people just clap in the college. They just clap to hike the ball. That's yeah. what 
that's what uh, Justin Herbert, he wasn't used to a snap count. He said they would just line up because that's how the Oregon Ducks were. They just line up, they'd no huddle, line up, and he just clapped and they hiked yeah, it. You, the center heard it and threw yeah. it. <laughs> like, yep. And everyone else heard crazy. it too. Yeah. But I guess the NFL stadium is probably too loud for that. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's a loud clapper. Good thrower too. Good arm. Good arm there. He's got a good arm. He can probably oh, clap you, your well. You know that Justin Herbert, man, he is something else. I heard, uh, oh, you know who I heard talking about him? Bill Belichick. Oh, Bill <laughs> Bill knows. He says, hey, he's going to be good for a long time. I think he kind of cursed him, though. He's probably going to get injured this year. Maybe his shoulder or something. Rotator cuff? I don't know, but the, the curse of Bill is real. The Bill curse. The Bill. The Belichick curse. Belichick double count. We're talking about NFL. Um, I haven't watched much which is uh, per usual for uh, me showing up to the podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know that the Raiders are the top of division. Raiders are the t- man. So here's the thing, guys. He said, he's so confident in the mic, he said, I do know that the Raiders are the, <laughs> the top of division. And then he turned his head immediately, looked at me, get to Google. Qu- he like quizzitively looked at me, raised his eyebrows, like confirming that. I think we're, we're five and two, five and three. I and- and that's and that's the best in our division. Yes. So Broncos are four and four, Chiefs are four and four, Chargers are four and three, and Raiders are five and two. That is correct. Five and two. Top of the AFC West. We gotta catch a Raiders game, dude. <laughs> you haven't watched any this year. You've no, watched I'm not one, saying, right? Yeah, yeah, I've watched. I've watched. Uh, no, I've watched a few. Oh, you're saying um, in person? Yeah, in person. Yeah, because the Raiders Stadium is open now. Allegiant, Allegiant Stadium. The worst uh, airline is the name Allegiant. of the stadium. Yeah, Allegiant's awful. I've they're, never flown Allegiant. They're good. They're terrible. Um. Yeah, yeah, Raiders, man, the whole Gruden bit, we talked a little bit about that. If anyone knows what happened to John Gruden, he got fired for uh, some things he wrote in an email back in, like, 2012. Um, but I just imagine that's how he always was off off the field. Like, everybody puts on a persona, you know what I mean, okay. when they're on, yeah. on the radio. Yeah. I, it's funny because you said that last time, and I countered with probably every coach is like that um, in the history of from 2012 on and before. Um, that's kind of how every coach kind of operates is, is in that, uh, high, high level masculineness of, of just sports in general. So I imagine not many coaches are different from Gruden, but it does suck that like, I, I liked him as a coach. I liked seeing him on the field. He, he's a funny looking guy. Um, he's a funny, funny guy in interviews. I think is spider a, two white banana. Well, yeah, what do the, you think about this play? Yeah. That's that's a classic. Is the uh, what what was his show called? The uh, oh, it was, it was, it was like Gruden's uh, foot, was it a QB, uh, QB camp? QB camp, yeah. yeah I love QB, QB camp. camp. QB um, camp is great. I love like watching like quarterbacks that are like prime today, and then watching their QB camp with uh, with John Gruden. He's like leaning back in his chair, and he's like, "How about you bring me through your progression on that one? Yeah, what, what was your one, you? two, and three? <laughs> it's just funny too because um, when you when you see like a a, a high level QB in an interview, they kind of like everyone's asking them and they're, they're all below the QB um, as far as like media goes. But when a QB goes into Gruden's uh, QB camp, they're like talking to him. Like he's the dad, you know what I mean? Like he's obviously the superior to that, whoever, whoever the QB is. And it's just funny to like, uh, it's really is like a coach QB relationship every time, even though it, they, they never had played for him or, you know, Anything, anything like that. They were just, you know, popular quarterbacks. Before we started this episode, we watched a um, Sunday conversation with Caleb Presley, which is a um, barstool sports uh, interview. And Caleb's phenomenal because he's a great interviewer. He says things that are unpredictable. And similarly, 
in the Gruden's QB camp, a lot of times he's uh, he's kind of like putting them on the hot seat because they're you know going to be rookies into the NFL. And he's like, that was a pretty impressive throw, huh? And they're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I think it was, a, I think it was a good pass. He's like, yeah, but you got pretty lucky, didn't you? <laughs> you, you know, you couldn't make that pass again. Well, yeah. well, well, you know, it was just a great catch and it was a great, great team effort. Yeah, but wasn't this guy open too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's just circling some freaking random tight end. Um, yeah, as as the NFL as a whole right now, what it what is your rating? 80 out of 100? Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a great season. Um, so despise, my team is, the if, if you didn't already know, is the Houston Texans. Uh, my team is tanking for a first, uh, first or top three pick overall. Um, shambles. The Houston, uh, Houston as a city in a whole is in shambles. Uh, no doubt. Um, with the, the fall of Deshaun Watson, um, Houston Texans are, are, in, are in distress. They are currently one and seven. So despite the fact that my team is one of seven and that I kind of refuse to watch the games, not really like refuse, but just choose not to. Um, if they're playing, I'll watch the red zone channel. Uh, if it's exclusively them, then I'll watch them of course, but it's just kind of tough to watch. Davis Mills is our quarterback. He was like a third round Stanford rookie QB. He's terrible. It was supposed to be Tyrod Taylor who won us the first game. And I was at first I was like, let's go. Okay. Yeah. Let's- we got, we, we dubbed up. Right. I was like, I was at first, I was like, let's go zero and 16 or, or 17. I think it was 17 games this season. Let's go zero and 17. Uh, but we won the first game. I was like, all right, well, it's time to go 17 and 0. You know, that's, that was my like thought going yeah. out of like, it was a whiplash. It was like, at first I was going this and I was like, okay, Tyra Taylor, you made our team. Like we had tons of offense. Our team looked great. Then he gets injured in game two. We lose. We're one and one. Now I'm like, let's go one and 16. And that's where it looks like we're going. We're one and seven. We do score some points against the team, but our defense just, just plays abysmally. So I, we're still we're gonna be in rebuild for a few years. We gotta. I think we should trade for a QB. You know, trade for like a Tua Taya Vailonga, or uh, trade for uh, anybody. Let's just use Deshaun Watson's leverage. Um, yeah, and NFL historians will uh, classify this part in the uh, Houston history books as the fall of Deshaun Watson and the growth of three championships. I'll I'll, I'll give them that. <laughs> oh, three Pete. I like it. Uh, no, just just going to one Super Bowl. That's all I need. I just want one Super Go Bowl. Go in. Yes, Go I don't. I don't need them to win. I can be heartbroken. I'm, I want to feel heartbreak in a well, Super Bowl. The thing is, when it's your team going to the Super Bowl, your whole season is electric. So, like, for it to fail at the last game, it's like, ah, oh, it's fine. I had a great year. I enjoyed myself the entire year. Yeah, I could justify it that way. But I, I just, I just want them to go Super Bowl because I want to have a Super Bowl party. I want to have a big oh, Super Bowl yes. party. I want to have like. Um, Houston Texans like j- Jello mold, and I want to like I don't know make little popsicles out of them or something. I mean, a normal person would probably say Jello shots, but I don't really want people to be drinking at this. I don't want it to be like a rowdy like Super Bowl party. I just want it to be like a chill yeah. one. It, but it it is your real only excuse to have a Super Bowl party. Other than that, then it'd just be like a kickback. Yeah, a few people watching the game at my house. Yeah, 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 yeah. But if it was if it was Houston Texans versus anybody. Man, what I want, my dream one, is the Seattle Seahawks versus Houston Texans because those are my one and two teams. So if I could have that, that would be a dream come true because then either way, I'll be happy because I'm like, Seattle won, good for them. Texans win, finally, about damn time. About damn time, dude. But uh, yeah, so Seahawks are my number two team. They're three and five. They're not doing too good. Uh, Russ is out. So we got Geno Smith, who's bad. Um, So, you know, not a great year, but uh, I just like... NFL and NBA are the two sports that I will watch any team play. 
because I just, I have a love for those two sports so much more than like pretty much every other team sport. I'll watch any team play, and there's usually players I know on on either side. Like most teams have a superstar, even if you don't know their name. Like right now, you can start watching a game and find out. Yeah, there are definitely electric players on on offense or defense on any on any given team. Like even the and worst he- team right now is the Lions. They're zero and eight. Uh, DeAndre Swift, their running back, is impeccable. Watching him get a good cut and like make a great run is electric. Any given team is going to have a, just a great player, um, and so that's why I think I like watching both those sports. Like even NBA, like even if you feel like a starting five isn't that good, one of them is just going to lay out a monster dunk or something. I, I don't know. I just with with, with I compare it to baseball in a sport that I'm not interested in right now. Even as the World Series goes on, I can't tell you one damn person that's on the Atlanta Braves. I don't know anyone that's on the Braves. Yeah. And I just so could not care less about the Braves whatsoever. Uh, the he's an Astros. Yeah, I know quite a few players on the Astros, and like, good for them if they weren't cheaters. But ultimately, like, I just am so not interested in watching the Braves that so much that I will really I'll, I'll watch when they play. I'll tune in for the like eighth inning. I I don't know. I'm just I I, I love my teams in the NHL. I love the San Jose Sharks. I really like the Golden Knights. MLB, I love the Seattle Mariners, but outside watching my teams, I don't really want to watch other teams play. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I feel that way about um, baseball, hockey, and the NFL, though. I'd, really? I, I, I don't have as much knowledge of the NFL, yes. so, but I do try to watch as many games as I uh, come across on TV, which is also just not that often. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I play fantasy football, so I'm, I'm real big into Watching I mean, everything and try, yeah, watching uh, at least everything. having knowledge about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I've always NFL was like kind of my gateway drug to like team sports in general. Really, just all the whole world of sports. So, but yeah, a good start of the season. Um, maybe by the next episode we'll be t- doing playoff talk and uh, maybe Super Bowl preview uh, potentially because I don't think we're gonna record again until till Jan, which is right before the Super Bowl. But uh, playoff talk, eighty out of a hundred. I, I feel that feel the heat off that and we might be talking about who the texans are going to draft in and in, in the first three picks like i said i think there's a really good defensive end out of oregon and i'm biased because university of oregon is my college football team but they have like a they have a top five talent out of oregon and, and he looks good thibodeau he looks incredible great name great name great football name thibodeau on on the edge defensive end boom that's what we need we need a replacement for jj watt because it's a big loss and thibodeau sucks this bum. Aaron Rodgers to the ground. <laughs> he killed Aaron Rodgers, the old man. Watashiwa, Holden Hensuru. Um, Darian Hensuru. <laughs> <laughs> Not the same last name, but we are going to be talking about Anume. And uh, the anime I'm going to be talking about is... Uh, another one of those animated man i love animation i love animation because it can go anywhere you want it to go most of the time some people do really grounded stuff you watch some like um like some high school slice of slice of pie yeah down to down to earth uh relationship enthralled dramas yeah so there's some sols anime that just kind of stay grounded but sunny boy is not one of those anime so this anime's name is sunny boy i found it looking through hulu I was like, "Hey, what Hulu? What are the what are the new anime there out this month?" Hulu, or, Hulu, yeah, Hulu has live sports. Um, Hulu also has anime on it, 
and uh, they have something called simulcast. I S I M U L C A S D. It just yeah. means it. It just means that it's while it's airing in Japan, it's also airing here in America at the, at the same time. Simulcast. Simulcast. So it was like nine episodes were out, and I was like, okay, let's let's watch what this is. Um. So here's the, here's the nutshell for what I discovered in the first episode. In the first episode, a class, a high school class of students, um, go adrift. And they go to uh, adrift, meaning like limbo. They're in like a limbo state, but none of the teachers are there with them. So it's just it's just the high school class of of kids all around the same age. And the whole high school, like the whole entire building, goes adrift. They're all in it, no teachers, and some of them gain powers and some of them don't. And Code Lyoko, <laughs> bro, come on, you don't gotta you don't gotta bring me down with that trash. Um. No, it is, it is, it's, it's bizarre because all the powers are so different. They're also like weird. They're not conventional ones. Like the guy who is deemed like the most powerful, he can like fly and stuff, but his power is gravity. Like he, he controls gravity around him and like how, so he becomes kind of weightless when he flies and like can move around and stuff. Um, and, and he's deemed one of the more powerful. One of the other ones is like, Somebody can like force you to like do push ups and stuff. Like, if you disobey him, like, he can force you to do push ups. And it's like, again, he kind of comes in control, but it's very Lord of the Flies, but with like, like these quirks almost, but unconventional quirks. There's no ice power, it's no fire power. It's all like a lot of it's like really like more abstract. One, one of the girls has cats that can bring her anything. And so they, it's called Nyazon instead of Amazon. So she has a little Nyazon because. Nyan. Nyan is cat in Japanese. So these boxes have Nyazon on them, and they're like, these cats leave. She gives them like a little order, puts it in the cat's mouth, and then she goes and, and picks up the, the food or like whatever they need in boxes and brings them to them. And That's so pretty she, incredible. But the cats don't say where they're going. They don't, can't even speak. The cats don't speak English. They just meow. And they, she got so it's not, it's not that abstract. It's not that abstract, but there is a talking dog at one point. So okay, it, okay, okay. It so does get pretty It abstract. does get there. Yeah, so that's that's the first episode. There's a drift. And then from there, it they basically it go to an island, and that's where the majority of the... It's only 12 episodes. The majority of the show takes place on this island. And then it takes place wherever. You know what I mean? It's just so... They try to figure out why they're adrift. One guy can just... He's an inventor. He can create anything. So anything you think of, he can create it. And he just starts creating different stuff. Um you can see that time works differently for different people. It's very nonlinear and it just becomes wild. Eventually it stops being about the, the group as a whole and just about a few main characters. Um, but what I love about the show is absolutely the writing, the writing and the storytelling and the symbolism of everything. And like the themes they go into, because some episodes are just like stories told by somebody else. Like they'll be traveling and someone will just tell a story and they'll, they'll show that story. And so he'll like, where one episode the dog t- talks about uh, what he was before he was a dog, you know, because eventually he wasn't always a dog. He was once he was once a student at that school, and and he went adrift. And he went adrift, but they didn't know who he was because he was adrift at a different His time. His power was turning into a talking dog. No, it wasn't a power. It just happened that way, and they explain why it happened. And uh, that he, sounds so fun, dude. <laughs> he's like a two thousand year old dog too, and so it's the 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 hardest thing about the show is like the the time travel aspect of like not knowing when how long things have been and just um just the show in general is phenomenal i sent you um one track from it and it's in the final episode and it's probably just the best 
anime song I've ever heard just gets so wildly creative and innovative. And the scene, the sequence that follows that is beautiful. And it's just so captivating. The fact that there's animation going on while this song is playing too. And the whole song plays out. And then you on your own, you listen to the whole OST. Yeah, I uh, ended up getting stuck with a lot of uh, workload um, and just was like, oh, I need something to listen to that's not going to distract me, throw this on, and I front to back just killed it and also killed the work I had to do, which is which is real nice, which is what you want from any uh, OST or study music, which I think this worked so well. Because the, the whole, just to talk about the whole OST real quick, um, it's super, uh, like it, it has multiple genres in it. Um, it also like it has such tasteful lyricism, and even though it is uh prominently instrumental, it, it really just I kept my brain going. It was so interesting to just listen to while I worked and kept me kept me really going, dog. Yeah, that's great because the 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 soundtrack that's in the show is just phenomenal. Just as it goes with each scene, and this, the crazy part is the first episode I think is silent. There's no music in the entire first episode. So I was like, okay, it's one of these shows. And then when it jumps in, like when the first song finally plays, I'm like, whoa. And the fact that. Smash your freaking head into song, dude. It's it's just incredible. Like, so so some of the best music, some of like the wildest animation, um, because. It looks incredible. Yeah, it looks super good. It's created by, uh, I think, Madhouse, you know, who are known for really, really good stuff. Um, Just some great um, Japanese voice actors, really good character progression for your main characters. great themes strangely biblical uh i didn't really see a lot of people talking about this but there's a lot of like allegory to someone being their savior like jesus and then somebody coming in like the serpent in like the garden of eden and like telling people to follow them uh one one person someone wants to one time someone wants to build an ark like noah's ark there's lots of like biblical allegories um that kind of fit into this wild world and it's it to me it was like man this is what aronofsky wishes mother could have been because Mother was a complete mess. Mm. And this is just such a brilliant combination of so many different central themes of like, there's at one point there's monkeys that play baseball and there's a whole entire episode about that and like a story of like told like they had their own league and everything and it just was insane. And so each and every character has their own arc and like purpose and meaning. And then at the end, you're just kind of left there. Like I was in tears. And in the final episode, episode 12, I cried uh, right at the beginning. I cried at the end and it was, it's, it's the best 12 uh, episode series you can watch. I, I promise you that I'm giving it a 96 out of hundred. It's number nine on my top 50 anime of all time. It it just was so damn good that I'm, I'm ready to rewatch it because a lot of it left the beginning, like first four episodes, I was a little confused and then it started picking up and I was like, okay, okay. So now I want to kind of rewatch the 12 episodes because it is a masterpiece and I was not expecting that out of a show that I just found on a whim on Hulu. I was like, oh, this looks like this could be interesting. What's this about? And I was like, damn, blown away. And I love it when you just fi- stumble upon greatness. Absolute, perfect for oh, me, yeah, masterpiece. Amazing. Every time, dude. Um, I feel like we talked about this before, where just every anime I'm watching, well, at least 90%, not this anime that I'm going to talk about here, but most of all anime is just making me cry now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a reflection of how much I can't... Uh, um, what's it? Prioritize my my own emotions in my life that I just let them out when I'm watching anime. You know, I like it. I I I've mentioned this on the show before. I I like I like a good cry. You know, and, and sometimes yeah. if if life doesn't necessarily give me that, like like a good cry. Like I've had bad cries before. You know, but I like a good cry where it's like 
letting out letting out something good like hey I, I i feel something here make me feel and that's what we always talk about this that's what media is for it's making you feel something that you wouldn't feel in real life otherwise yeah, I just recently went through the uh, 150 to 180 episode stretch of Naruto Shippuden. Um, you know how that falls into the manga or the arc of the show? It's pretty intense. What arc is that? Uh, that's a pain arc. Oh, okay. Pain is pain, the yeah. member the Akatsuki. That pain in my heart is how I uh, describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the show I really want to talk about is Yosuke on Netflix. Yosuke. Which, uh, in, in fact, did not make me cry. Um, fighting? But, fighting anime? Uh, samurai? Uh, Mag- magic? A lot of magic? It's like The Witcher. Um, yeah. Oddly, yeah. I would say so. But um, I think the, uh, the idea is that Yaosuke is very human. Um, very, uh, it follows the, the uh, black samurai Yaosuke um, after the uh, great... Diamno War, um, where he loses his master and uh, in turn becomes a ronin, and then even in turn later becomes a, a lonely boatman for a small village. Is this animated? This is animated, yes. M- movie or show? Show. Oh, okay. Voiced by uh, Lakeith Stanfield and produced by Flying Lotus. Oh. Oh. So this isn't Japanese. No, it is uh, English original, but uh, it does follow your uh, specific rules of anime. It's Studio Mappa, which is your uh, what your Attack on Titan and all those other shows underneath it. Um, um, for, I'm forgetting what else they have, but oh. it, it's a big Japanese studio. Yeah, this looks funky. It is pretty funky. Um, the music is very funky. Um, it probably does have a strong OST considering it was produced by, uh, none other than flying fly low. Fly low. Fly low's a big anime fan. He is a big anime fan. Um, but also it being produced by him. It's also very, it, it, it has a lot of weirdness to it, especially when it comes to the magic and how magic's used. And there's, there's parts where they're traveling on the astral plane to fight each other. um, uh, but it also does hold a lot of uh, a lot of the scenes, especially around Yaosuke and his him being a black samurai um, has a very regal uh, uh, lordship and uh, old school samurai feel to it, um, which if you took those two and blended it up, I would say this kind of blends together. The interesting thing I just discovered while Wikipediaing this, the anime came out first in um, April of this year. And then the manga started running in July. So they liked the anime so much that they ran a manga. And it's running currently in monthly big comic spirits. That sounds odd. Why does C- it sound odd? Couldn't, couldn't quite make it to uh, Shonen? Shonen Jump. But uh, it is... It is <laughs> monthly big comic spirits. I, I recently just read a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu comic. And um, it's free online. Uh it's called guard pass and it was okay. And I didn't really want to watch or read more than three chapters, but it's free online. And the, uh, the website was imperfect comics. Hmm. So not great comics, just imperfect. Sounds imperfect. <laughs> the, the art was great. Uh, uh, speaking of the show, the art is great. 
um, Studio Mappa, so Yasuke. Um, it it definitely uh, captivated me. It's very colorful, especially when it comes to throwing magic around. There's a uh, uh, the, the, one of the more interesting characters to me was this um, like eight foot tall Russian lady, and uh, her her power, her her magic was she just transformed into a bear. And uh, what she she called a uh, Yasuke Cherny. Good job, Cherny. Um, the you say the animators are uh, Attack on Titan, but I'd say the animation looks a little bit more like uh, the Netflix we're used to now, like the the Castlevania oh, yeah, stuff, yeah. the Witcher. It's closer to that. Yeah, it's closer to that than it would be to um, something like Attack on Titan. Yeah, I just wanted to relate the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To prove that it, it it does it does hit the criteria. It hits the hits the criteria of a anime. It might not be originally voiced in Japanese. Obviously, it wasn't. But the studio is Japanese, and that's studio is Japanese. That's what that's, really that's counts. That's what we care about. That's, that's, that's all. That's all that matters. That's all that matters for Stickler Holden over here. Um. Yes, but far that it's only six episodes. I think it should have been twelve episodes. It would have. It would have been a lot better because, um, uh, episodes one through three, um, had a lot of build of who Yasuke was, who he, who he is now, um, and and what got him to that point in his life and by episode four they're trying to climax and close the show so it's like it's 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 kind of jarring to like see him be like this very classic ideal or not quite ideal but him being part of this uh this lordship who is unconventional when he uh is building his garrison of samurai including a woman and including him and he uh has like a male concubine not a wife. So, hmm. so it, it all is just very interesting. And then the war happens and they don't speak much up on the war, but the, all the fact is that they lost and he is now a Ronin, a, a samurai without a master. And you get all of that information and immediately uh, starts the adventure to basically close out the show. Um, I, there, there is a Japanese voice cast. Uh, I don't know if they were the, I don't know who came first or whatnot, but uh, this is the man who voices the main character. Uh, he is a Japanese black male named Jun Sojima, and seeing him next to all the other uh, Japanese like voice actors on the myanimelist.com of it is interesting. He looks, uh, um, what's the guy from, uh, I don't know his name, from uh, IT? Oh, the show he, IT. He, yeah, he does kind of look like that guy. He looks like uh, what, what's his? What's yeah, his that guy standing next to Lakeith Stanfield. Um, he's pretty funny looking. All right, in so get funny looking picture. I might close out this uh, rating. Yeah, close it out, and then I'll tell you the my anime list rating. Oh, so, um, like I said, it it, it ends up uh going into. It just go. It just goes too fast. If that makes sense. Um, yeah. They're they're in danger too quickly. They're closing out the show too quickly. And when when I realized that, I was like, "Oh man, there's no more show left." I I was getting I was just getting into it. Bro, I'm not doubting you. I'm gonna drop the uh, 78 out of 100. Okay. I think it's I think it's pretty good standard for Netflix. At least it's watchable. You can get through the whole thing without just quitting on it. Um, but as far as anything else goes, there's not there's a lot of better stuff to watch. Okay, so that's what you give it. My anime list is out of 10. 
Um, so out of 10 stars, so they, on average, 6.5 on average, it's a 5.8. So basically like a 58 out of hundred. Wow. So uh, it's interesting that I think it's just less traditional than probably these, um, animated nerds like. Yeah, most definitely. Especially when it starts off, uh, a, like a pretty classic, like samurai Ronin tale. And then it gets to the fight and you're like, oh, there's magic in this show. I didn't even know. Um, the, one of the threads on my anime list is this is just the subject. It says, "So everybody thought it was bad?" Question mark. And uh, people just said it didn't deliver. But hey, I would say it didn't deliver too. But I I give it a lot more credit where credit's due because I do think it was well voice acted and the characters were cool. Like every character I thought was pretty cool. In the video gaming world, I have been preparing to play uh, my first, oh, my second PlayStation exclusive game, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and I haven't bought it yet because it's seventy bleeping dollars. So I'm waiting for it to go on sale. Um, but PS Five exclusive. Yeah, PS. Yeah, because all the PS Five exclusives are seventy bucks. Well, not all of them, but all the AAA the ones. ones. Yeah, are going to be seventy bucks. Returnal seventy bucks. Um, so instead, I'm playing the 2016 remake. Ratchet and Clank, which was originated for the PS4. So basically, I'm playing a PS4 game because when you get a PS5, you get a bunch of free games. You get like 30 free games or 25. You get this for free? Yeah. Yeah. When you have a PS5, Damn. you get like, it's like a list of 20 games you get for free. It's like Detroit Become Human, The Last of Us Remastered. Uh, you get um, a, a couple other, you get Persona 5, you get uh, Days Gone. There's, there's quite a few on this list that are like pretty legit PlayStation games. Um, so I got Ratchet and Clank free. I already owned it anyways, but, um, so I played through it just to kind of get my feet wet, kind of get back into that world. Um, just to kind of prepare myself for Rift Apart when I eventually do play that. And it's, it's, it's really good, uh, because it, it is the first game of its kind and you kind of can tell the way that the gameplay is structured. I, I, I was getting flashbacks of when I played it when I was a kid, cause I, I played through Ratchet and Clank was my favorite series as a young boy. And, uh, as a young, as a young a young child playing the PS2. Yes. I played through all the PS2 games and I dropped it after that because I didn't have a PS3. So I missed it on all the PS3 games and the PSP game. Um, but all the PS2 games I played through, which I think there's four on that console. And so this is one of the first ones I played, obviously. And I was remembering, oh, I remember now, like, it's it's gameplay and then it's like a video. Like, it's like a strip, like, just video that, like, someone opens up, like, a laptop and that plays, like, a video that, like, totally is non-contextual. Like, Classic Crash Bandicoot, you know, a video plays and then like it cuts to black and it's like you're back on there. You know, it's not like a seamless cut scene like you expect from like mm-hmm. God of War or something. You know, it's just totally different. Like it's like, like it's like a radio com video. And I was like, okay, this is interesting at least. Um, but the gameplay has definitely changed as far as the weapons go, which is nice. I think they added a lot of really cool stuff. Essentially, the you know, you're you're that wombat uh, ratchet who meets Clank, and it's their kind of origin story, and uh, you're getting upgrades, and you. Um, you find new weapons and you're basically just defeating enemies and um traveling worlds traveling worlds yeah that's probably like the coolest part like going to different worlds seeing the different like atmosphere and you're you're trying to be galactic ranger that's like the gist of it and so you're still pretty bushy-tailed because you're like in love with him but i know like captain quark isn't the best guy and they kind of show that the the, the opening cutscene is him going to prison so it's like oh this story is being retold through the eyes of captain quark who's one of the all-time great um phonies He's he's uh he's Hercule, he's uh also he's Hercule from Dragon Ball mixed yeah. with um Z- Zap Brannigan from, from Futurama. Yeah, totally. He's he's like those two combined, and he's like the captain of the Galactic Rangers, and 
Um, so, you know, you're kind of enamored with him as Ratchet, but you, uh, you, you know, as the player, you know better. Um, that, um, like, uh, planetary travel, like, loading screen animation is, like, <laughs> is like burned into my brain as a child. Yeah. Where it's just, like, it, no matter what planet you're from, it's the same animation of him just, like, jumping into the the spaceship. spaceship. And then it's, like, yeah, it just pans up and it's just, like, yeah. like it's such a classic, like, rocket sound. Um, yeah, that's absolutely like, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Yeah. So it's definitely a little bit nostalgic playing this. Um, some of the new weapons that like you've probably heard about are one throws out a, um, a disco ball and then it causes every enemy to dance. No matter if they're a boss, no matter if they're like another ship or like whatever it is, they will just start their own dance. They all have a unique dance, every single enemy. And then during that (laughs) dance time, you can shoot at them and do extra damage or whatever. But it's funny, like seeing like a giant squid in the air do like this like clap like shimmy with like squid arms and then like clap and and so like the game's totally goofy and I and I love it for that but it's um it's pretty simplistic like I'm just finding myself use the flamethrower like on everything because it's just I've just upgraded it like as many times as I could and it's yeah. like it's the best because a lot of enemies just come up in your face and so you just want a wide like spread and like well yeah the flamethrower knocks them back too doesn't it yeah they, they can't get with, hit with flames they, they jump back yeah a little bit so you I've end just up been just, using, just spinning in a circle. And with if, the if I thrower. if I run out of ammo with a flamethrower, if I'm trying to conserve it, you know, I'll switch different guns, and that's kind of the main gameplay loop. Is like you run out of ammo with one, you switch to a different one, yeah. and you want it. Like it, it kind of encourages you to like upgrade every weapon, and uh, you know, have each one be equal level of skills or different kind of things. So if, if you're fighting like a big boss, you like save your bigger thing for that. There's some like really lackluster guns that I just find there's no point for for using them so i try to avoid them as much as possible but that's kind of a fun gameplay loop of just you know rotating out guns and then shooting and um steph was kind of disappointed she said what does clink do and i was like you know he just like like, like sometimes he has like a helicopter and eventually he gets like a jetpack and like like she's like yeah but he's just like along for the ride like what does he do you ensured none of the clink levels um there are clink levels and i showed him that but she was like okay does he like do any damage i'm like oh it's mostly puzzles it's like okay so like he really doesn't do much yeah, you get you get other versions of clank it doesn't doesn't really do much and she just thinks he's a backpack like i think she missed one of the clank levels but she was she's pretty disappointed because I, I was like oh you're gonna like clank she's like he doesn't do anything and there's one there's one part where he's like whoa that was incredible and clank says i wouldn't know i didn't see it because he's like on the backpack on and your back <laughs> he's facing the other direction and i thought that was a pretty good bit and and steph was like yeah exactly he doesn't you didn't see it because there's nothing for him to see. Oh, so, you know what else is burning in my mind is um, throwing the ratchet. Yes. So there's a few times you do you do kind of aim the uh, the wrench in your hand, and then you throw it, and then it comes back to you almost like a boomerang. Um, there's a couple times you have to do that, but it's it's not as infrequent, and, and it's fun. There's like some like nostalgic things for me, like like racing people on the uh, the like hoverboard, the hoverboard race. Oh yeah, iconic. So like I had to like win each one of those and. Uh, get that trophy for my uh, PlayStation account. Um, ultimately, it's it's a seventy nine. It's on the cusp of greatness. I think Rift Apart is gonna blow me away because I'll just I'll be able to compare like where they started and exactly, yeah. and then to where they are today. So I'm really expecting Rift Apart to be like in the upper eighties. I think like eighty five to eighty nine is my expectation for it. Um, I, I I think it's also important that you're playing basically all three of the uh console generations of the same game you know what i mean yeah whereas like this was huge on ps2 now they remastered it for ps4 yeah. um and now you're playing the new version ps5 which should again continue in its uh in hardware update 
yeah, I'll bring I'll bring the PS5 in here so I can play it on in 4K and be able to see it because me and Deer I moved a uh, 80 inch TV into my living room only to realize it's a 1080p TV which is fine like all, it's fine we have it's Blu-rays fine. and Blu-rays play 1080p they don't play 4K so like I'm good with 1080p my my computer monitor is 1080p but uh, if I'm gonna play a game that I'm looking for high fidelity like a Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart then I got I probably got to bring the PS5 in here which is cool I'll do that. PlayStation 5 is in 4K. Exactly. Um, speaking of my video game of the month, uh, also throwing it back, but throwing it forward for the uh, Metroid Dread yeah. on, the, uh, on the Switch. It's essentially the Ratchet & Clank of Nintendo's series. Yes. More or less. Uh, sorry, Ratchet, sorry, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart of Nintendo's. Meaning, yeah. you know, a, a franchise they haven't been touching for a while, and now they finally made a, a sequel that you know is is done real well yeah it's done incredibly well um the whole idea of dread is um there's these basically unkillable enemies called the the emmy emmy yeah e m m i and they're just these big robots that patrol around um levels uh but the idea is that um in dread they're so they're just so frequent and Every enemy besides the enemies that uh, you can kill all have this parry mechanic. Every enemy can be parried, essentially. That's 90% of the game, right? It, and that's literally the whole game, whereas you're running around and these enemies are chasing you. And it's so, it's, it, it is really fun because the enemies have random um, counter mechanics. So it's like every single one is going to give you a different time to counter which is very annoying, uh, very frustrating, but it's also, it does factor in that dread part of uh, running around and it's chasing you and you're trying to find the exit of the level, but you end up getting grabbed anyway. And you, uh, the animation is great when you miss it because it's just uh, Samus like punching it and it doesn't do anything and then you get killed. Um, overall, this is, this is actually one of my first Metroid games. Yeah, I think I played like a couple. Like you know, I've I've st- I think I started like, um, what's the GameCube one? Like I started that one. Uh, yeah, I know I had one on the, uh, uh Game Boy. Ooh, I had the demo on the DS where I think it's first person as well. Like it's like oh, that sounds awful. Yeah, it's really weird. Like you shoot like bottom corner on the tap screen to like fire, and it's really bizarre. Um, <laughs> and then I I think I've started Super Metroid on the SNES. Um, little thing that you have on the yeah. Um, I definitely yeah. I definitely had a Game Boy version of like, I think Super Metroid. Yeah. Um, but what also I liked about it was um, the Samus is just a bounty hunter. Like that's the whole right. game is that like Samus is the best bounty hunter, and she's sent to planets to figure out what's going on. Yeah, she's the female Han Solo. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I I honestly thought like there's this big like cool story because I've never played them. I haven't played much of them. I thought it was going to be something uh, just like a cool sci-fi like lore, but it's like, no, she's just a a bounty hunter and she goes and she interacts with the Metroids and the, the, what's it called? The, uh, intergalactic, uh, agency of defense. (laughs) <laughs> is that what it's called? <laughs> no, the uh, it's like a uh, I'm spacing so hard right now. Irrelevant. 
E relevant. Rated E for irrelevant. What 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 was your rating of it? Um, we're giving Re- Metroid Dread an eighty-two. It was you, super. You beat it. I uh, played a few hours of it. <laughs> he he um furrowed his brows at that question, like not not like out of like anger, but like almost to say like yeah, I beat it. But <laughs> I played a couple hours of it. It's all you need to play. Uh, eighty-two out of a hundred. It was it's it's just really fun. It's kind of like a your it's it, it's a it's a slick platformer. Um, coming from just playing, you know, a lot of Hollow Knight and stuff like that, it it's quick and it's responsive, and especially needing to be quick and responsive when you're running from uh, big unkillable enemies. Um, yeah, I, I I I enjoyed my time with it. Good bro, I'm glad glad you liked it. I'm definitely gonna um think about checking it out and then probably never buy it. Solid, solid, solid uh, decision there. All right, this board game is going to be a banger, bro. I have never mentioned it to you before, but it's it's a skill that I have acquired strictly in board game, board gameos. In in video games, I'm so so at it. In movies, I'm pretty bad at it. Well, not pretty bad, but I'm I'm okay at it. The difference is you watch a trailer for a video game, you watch a trailer for a movie, or you can watch like Let's Plays for video games. Um, but that's about as much as you can kind of get into it without like really spoiling it for yourself. Board games, you can look at every aspect of it. You can watch an entire play. You can look, you can read the rule book. You can figure out the game. You can understand the game 100% before you even play it the first time. And I recommend doing that if you're going to give a teach, understand the game fully. So that when people ask you questions, you know how to answer them. Well, the idea is that you want to have the most information before spending a bunch of money on a board game. That too, because they're typically expensive. Um, and so, whereas with video games, we usually like to go in like a little bit more blind. Like there's this one video game that I'm really interested in right now, but I hope that I get to play it, uh, before the next episode. So I'm kind of keeping myself in the dark, uh, because I don't want to like spoil too much for myself because I have a feeling I'm going to like it, but I don't know how much, but this game, this game was one that I've, I watched gameplay, read everything. I knew I was going to love it and I loved it. It is a masterpiece of a board game. It is so good. The name of the game is Lost Runes of Arnak. The concept of the game, it's a little bit, it's not going to be a party game. It's a little bit longer one. You play with about four people. We played with four. And the idea is it's a combination of pretty much three of the best central concepts in board games. Number one, it's a deck builder. So you're buying cards from the shop, drawing, um, playing your new cards, doing their abilities. Number two, it's a worker placement. So you're putting down meeples onto different spots and you're collecting resources, which is number three. It's a resource management game. Um, it also has a little bit of engine building with your cards and with your resources. Um, and there's like a temple that you're moving up. The, the, the central themes I, are like the kind of core of what it's like thematically is a combination between Tomb Raider, Indiana Jones, and Avatar 2009. It's kind of a combination between those three things and it, the art is beautiful. That's a requirement for me. If the art's not engaging, I don't care how good the mechanics are. I'm not going to like it. I'm not going to buy it. I need incredible art. To There's too many good board games out there for me to buy crappy art and to like f- fake myself to enjoy it. Because a lot of people are like, oh, play this game. It's such a cool game. Uh, King Domino, you know, it's so great. And I'm like, I'm sure King Domino is great. It looks like trash. It it looks like something that you, an art student in college would have drawn up. Yeah, what the, I don't like... Uh, I don't like Catan. I don't like the way Catan looks. Catan looks hideous, bro. I don't want to go back to Catan. 
If you yeah. made a like a jazzed up version, like a Dragon Ball, like I, I know I talk about, I don't like licensed board games, but if you made <laughs> a Dragon Ball Catan where it was like different people's houses, like if you could like go to the island out, like that would be so cool. Like that's a game that could like a Pokemon one where it's like different, like you do like Johto and you could have like different cities and like you'd have the overlay map and like different Pokemon on it. That would be really cool. But like one of the most popular board games ever. I, yeah. Easily top three board game of all time it, by like popularity. Garbage. It it is so boring to look at like the even like the little like components are not that fun like the cool thing about lost runes arnak the components are kind of cool yeah there's a some like cardboard punch outs of compasses which you can upgrade it with real compasses i have a friend who has real compasses that actual function compai like, like tiny little ones that he uses as that resource but it has like cool I, little like what chinese people say when they shoot they're just saying compass plural yes they're like compai where are the compai <laughs> Um, but it's got cool little like jewels and like some nice little like crunchy components to, to collect and pass around, um, that you're ultimately going to turn in for, uh, different, different stuff. cards. Um, it, not necessarily for cards, but for victory points. Cause it's, it's classic. Whoever has the most victory points at the end wins. But you, as you go out, basically the idea is your character, your little meeples are your adventurers. You only have two of them. So you kind of have to be like careful where you want to put them. But they're going to go out and collect resources or they're going to go out adventure and unlock a new site. And whenever you unlock a new site, there's a guardian there. And that guardian is where I'm talking about Avatar 2009. So in Avatar, there's like these big like creative monsters that are based on like real world animals. That's the idea of these guardians. So there's like a giant like owl or like a large snake or like um, a giant monkey. And each one of them requires X amount of resources to defeat. And so you have and to like defeating them gets a jewel, which gets you victory points. Uh, just defeating them gives you straight up five victory points right off the oh. top. And so you want to defeat them um, in that round because the game t- takes five rounds. And because if you don't defeat them in that round, then you, you when you re- pull back your meeples, then you take a fear card into your deck, and that guardian's still there for someone else to to basically steal the five points from you. Um. So o- overall, it, it's a great gameplay loop. I mean, it was our first time playing it, but the whole teach and everything took about three hours for four players. It says thirty minutes per player, so they ex- expect two hours if you have uh, four players. But it's a lot of fun. the The best part about it is totally the the combo. Sounds like if you put it in a blender and asked if if it will blend, blended pretty good. Yeah, it it, it does blend pretty good. The, the best part I was gonna get to is is the combos. So just getting like setting up for like round four, basically like the combos. You like, oh, I bought that card here, and I found it here, and this one lets me draw another one, and it just that engine building. Like I love engine building games because it just kind of make you feel smart for your early decisions. But the other idea is like, oh, I have so many choices right now. Like, this is the resources I need. I have so many choices that will help me get those resources and lead me down this path. And so, like, just the uh, the opposite of uh, analysis paralysis, of just being like analysis freedom that lets you just think, oh, I need to do this and do this and so I can do this. And, and so it's almost like mental chess with yourself. You're thinking 10, like, turns ahead. Because you have like one main action per turn and you go in a circle till basically you have to pass. And then you move on to the next round and once all four players have passed. But otherwise, you're thinking like 10 turns ahead. I had one part where like everyone like, everyone passed and I still had like four more things in my brain that I needed to do. So I just in simultaneous action, I was just like, hey, I do this, that's in my turn. Now it's back to me because you all passed. And I did like four more things that made me feel like total thug, especially when I took home the W at the end of the night. Let's go, baby. Well, yeah, I'm sure it feels... Super great when everyone's like stuck, they don't know what to do. 
or they just can't do it at the moment. And you're just like, I'm going to run past all these freaking nerds and, you know, get this sick W. Yeah. And I probably had an unfair advantage. I knew I needed to work my way up the tempo tracker. Um, I mean, even though I explained it in the rules, but there's, there's you know, a lot of rules in your first teach. And so I knew I had to kind of work a little bit harder because the first person to get to the top of the temple gets more points than the second person and so forth. So it becomes a little bit of a race. So I kind of knew I needed to get a leg up and I did end up getting there first. So that I mean, it's just an additional like five points, but you know, that adds up between everything. Uh, so Lost Runes of Arnak is a 93 out of 100. Um, I think it's a masterpiece of a game. It's on, on my top uh, 50 board games of all time because, you know, I got lists for everything. I have it ranked uh, number five. Number five, my top 50 board games of all time. I, I loved playing it. I knew I was going to love it before I even, because I just consumed so much of it because I can kind of tell what kind of stuff I like in board games or not. Um, is, that the, is that the skill you're talking about? You can just pick stuff that's... With board games, I know if I'm going to like it or you're, not. You're 10 for 10? You're 100 out of 100? I I don't miss. I do not miss picking board games for myself that I like. No cap. Like, the the worst games on my list are all games that I knew I was just either going to be... They're circumstantial. Skeptical. skeptical. Yeah, yeah. Circumstantial. Some, like, party games I just knew weren't going to be that fun. Um, a game that I had a bad time with or that has deteriorated over time that I'm ready to give away. Or um, just just a game that automatically I'm like, oh, this that's kind of weird. And how's that work out? And then when I played it, I'm like, okay, it worked out kind of like I thought. Uh, mm. That's at like the bottom of my top 75. Cause it's, a, it's a top 75 board games list. So I don't buy bad games. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you got for us, bro? Um, I probably have uh, recently downloaded my most favorite mobile game I've ever uh, played. Which is not a high bar because uh, most mobile games are trash. They are mo- mostly trash. Um, granted, this one doesn't have a lot of uh, moving parts to it. Um, I downloaded Oni Rim. Which is an Asmodee board game originally, but you're playing the mobile version, yeah? Yes. Um, so it is a solitaire-like game where you uh, place these cards into a certain order to unlock doors, and once you've unlocked all the doors, you win. Um, so it's solo. It's a one-player game. Solo, uh, me only, um, doing it uh, the big daddy way. Okay. Um, so the, the the tough thing. I mean, you give me the you give me the nutshell. I'm just learning about this game as we're speaking. The tough thing about this in my mind is when it's s- solo like that, you kind of have to find your own enjoyment. Absolutely. Yes. You know, you got to find your own like purpose behind why you're playing that and like what especially when it's a gameplay loop like sudoku like i yes, will i will yes. play sudoku anytime any day uh just because i can find my own enjoyment in like kind of running down process of elimination kind of doing that and each new each new thing is like a new little puzzle for me but that's because each one is different this kind of sounds like most of the time it's pretty samey right or is it what am i missing here um so the idea is that you can only unlock a door if you have if you draw that door and you have a key in your hand or you uh, place three of the same colored cards next to each other, um, but you cannot place a, a colored card of the same suit next to each other. That makes sense. So you draw a hand of five. Say you have uh, three green cards and your cards are uh, sun, moon, sun. That's your suit of your card. Um, you cannot place the two suns next to each other, so you have to play it sun, moon, sun when you play it onto the uh, the board. Okay, so it's mostly about set collection then. Exactly. Okay. Um, the 
the way you would lose a game is if you run out of cards in your deck. And the way you uh, spend cards, basically, is you either have to discard them, or um, there's these set of cards in your deck that are nightmare cards. Uh, the idea is that you're stuck in dreamland and you unlock the doors to get out of the dream. Oh, okay. Um, so if you draw a nightmare card, you either can get rid of it by uh, sacrificing a key card. Um, and obviously keys are good because you can open a door with one card if you draw it. Um, keys also let you discard uh, the uh, lets you look at the next when you discard a key card. It lets you look at the next five cards that are on the top of the deck and discard one of them. So if one of them is a nightmare card, obviously you spend the key to uh, discard the nightmare card. Or when you draw a nightmare card, you can use a key to discard them both. Or you can discard your whole hand to a nightmare card or discard the top five uh, deck cards to a, to disable a nightmare card. So the art is interesting because each one of these color cards has different art. Um, it, it looks like a kind of like a charcoal like painted art and it's just kind of weird I don't know it's not really like my vibe as far as art goes so that alone kind of it probably isn't a big enough pool for me to want to like play yes. it really I think visually it could be cooler and it could be more interesting and I think the real reason is that I keep playing it around it is it's exceptionally difficult once you uh, if you register your email with uh, Apple game whatever Mm-hmm. Um, you get the DLC, which adds uh, one of the one, expansions. Yeah, one of the expansions, but it adds like th- I think. Uh, well, let's see, one, two. It adds four extra doors. Okay. So it makes it a, a whole entire step more difficult. Was so you, in total, you have to defeat. You have to open. Let me just open the app real quick. Let me see how many, how many, how many total doors. Yeah, apparently uh, you can play it one player or two players, and it's a, like a cooperative type game. So it seems like people say it's best with just solo mode, but I guess with two players, um, it's not bad either, huh? No, no. Uh, I mean, I haven't played it two player. Okay. I've only been playing it mobile solo. Okay. Um. So in the original form, you have to beat eight doors. In the uh expansion pack, you beat twelve doors. Okay, so if I were to buy you the physical version of this game, what is the percentage that you would actually play the physical version over the digital? Oh, I, I would definitely play the uh, physical version. I think um, someone explained that after after every action, either opening a door or discarding your hand or getting a nightmare card, you have to mix the deck again. Mm-hmm. That's the slowest and most boring part of the game because you're just mixing, remixing the deck, the whole okay. deck. But it's instantly in digital, though. Right? In digital, of course, yeah, you, it mixes by itself. Just by uh, by tapping the screen, you can make it go faster. It, it, it's not even like it takes a long time. It's just it it's all random, so it's it doesn't it technically doesn't need to mix, but it shows a little mixing animation. I'll be honest, I haven't really ventured into the world of solo um, board games, mostly because it takes setup time, right? Whereas like a video game, if I want to play, it takes. Uh, under a minute for me to get into the game and start playing whereas setup time i gotta pull the box out open out the lid read the instructions see how solo play works and then it takes another 15 minutes before i can even get started at least depending on what game right exactly that's the whole idea of i think of a solo mobile game mobile game that which makes sense which i and it's like it's just solitaire basically your idea is that um i want to just you know be most efficient and when i try to open these doors 
and spend the least amount of cards on getting rid of these nightmare cards. So I'm like always keeping a key in my hand because I'll quickly disable a nightmare card. I rarely want to uh, discard my whole hand, obviously, to a, a nightmare card. And the worst of the worst is either um, losing a door to a nightmare card, which is the last uh, uh, biggest, the biggest, like if you have nothing else, you can discard a door. Right. Um, and also like you really don't want to discard like there's only in this expansion there's 83 cards in your deck and uh 10 nightmare cards so like if you discarded every uh top five of your deck to a discard that'd be 50 cards you know what i mean by bunch of cards and you'd lose the game by discarding basically discarding your whole deck you want to unlock the doors in the most efficient pattern of drawing your cards ready rating what did i give it an 80 an 80 out of 100 i'm definitely going to keep it downloaded because it's been i've been spending a lot of times um i gave it an 84 i was gonna say you're i, I keep telling stuff this your rating is however you feel in this minute this moment right here so if you think, think me talking about it i felt like an 80 i mean if you truly felt like that's what you felt like it's an 80 and 784 then we, we'll run with that i want to say an 84 because i've given other mobile games around 80 and I did not keep them on my phone. Yeah. So I want to give it an 84 because I will keep this on my phone. It's pretty fun to play. At least for me. It, it, rather than it being fun to play, I get a big dopamine rush when I, when I win a game. In the comic world, uh, the game I was kind of hinting at earlier, the video games I'm excited for, is Guardians of the Galaxy, um, the uh, new video game. I'm real excited for that. Um, and so hopefully I'll be playing that um, between now and the next episode. Um, so to prep for that, I was like, what's a like one-off um, Guardians of the Galaxy story that I feel like I don't need to buy? G-O-G. G-O-T-G. That I need to um, read, though, just cause to kind of get myself familiar with it. Um, so Jim Starlin, the great um, Guardians of the Galaxy writer, he kind of wrote a, a comic that was just a one-off, not really connected to any like main canon, so there's no like Baby Groot or anything like there is and. Um, and Drax is not a, pra- a pacifist like he is in like the modern lore um, but it's just the normal five members of the Guardians of the Galaxy that you're used to in this new era like the ones in the movie um, the name of the comic is Guardians of the Galaxy Mother Entropy and it's interesting because the anim- the, the art style really looks like that kind of 80s vibe um, and so it's cool to see Jim Starlin write this really bizarre story about this um, it, it's a classic time is old as tale the Guardians of the Galaxy owe people money, and they do not <laughs> forgive for their debts. So they got to figure, you know, what's the next gig? What can we do to get money? They figure out, hey, this one place says we'll forgive you of your debt if you um, transport this guy from this planet to this planet. And they're like, oh, simple enough. We'll just be bodyguards. Um, and then he tells them, hey, if, if four more people are inside the same room as me, I will die or if something, you know, he's just a weird alien. He's like, something bad will happen, so don't. You know, he kind of has an omen. Sure enough, he dies and everyone comes in the same room and something bad happens. But basically, Mother Entropy gets introduced and she's like this omnipotent, um, almost like like a like a bush. Like her entire body is like she's like a pregnant bush, um, and she sets each one of them on like a personal trial and then just tries to determine who's going to be the next in line to take over. And, and there's and it's not one of the five because there's there's this Pip, this uh, thief, this little troll that's uh, with them, and he becomes a yada yada. Um, it, 
it's it's interesting. It's it's well drawn. Uh, it makes me excited to. I love these characters so much. Like the the movie opened the door for all the comics to just kind of take place. Um, and so the 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 game's gonna make me love these ragtag crew so much more and their unique stories that you know span back from the eighties. That the fact like the fact that these characters came back and are as big as they are today was just a, a real, uh, really big part of because James Gunn is so so creative and so talented to make these characters so much more engaging than they ever have been. Um, and spoilers for the end of it. If you're planning on reading Guardians of the Galaxy Mother Entropy, just skip forward 10 seconds, mm, 30 seconds. Uh, the very end of it is of course, Groot winning the day. Um, basically everybody gets turned into these big bush people. Um, and anyone who can breathe, but since Groot, um, doesn't breathe, he's like an inanimate object. He doesn't get turned into the bush person. And so they all try to just tear him apart. But he digs his roots in the ground, and then the best the best part is like one of the final sequences is where Groot like pops out of Mother Entropy and like steals basically like the gym that's harnessing um, her or whatever, and everyone turns back to normal. And so they they save the galaxy, but nobody knows because nobody remembers turning into this, these bush people, and it's brilliant. But I just love the fact that Groot saves the day, you know, and he's 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 trying to tell Star Lord the plan, but Rocket's already turned into this bush, so he's like, I'm not Rocket, I can't, I don't know what you're talking about, so. It's good, good, good to have big adult Groot making like a, a grumpy evil face saying, I am Groot. Pretty pretty classic uh, roundabout way of uh, a, a Guardian Galaxy story where Groot just saves a day because he's Groot. Yeah, because he's he's incredible. Yeah, so I, I give that one 88 out of 100. I think it's giving it the grade 88. It's a lot of fun. It's it's totally like right up there, like why I love Guardians so much. So. Uh, my... Uh, the comic I'm bringing to the table, I recently downloaded um, Viz Media, the app. Um, oh, is it free? The app is free, yes. Subscribing or buying comics on there costs money. Um, but Shonen Jump is just uh, a, a couple bucks a month. Are you paying for that? Yes, I am. Um, wow. First first uh, comic out of the, the Shonen title that I'm going to be uh, touching on here is Chainsaw Man. Um, if you've seen any interesting manga memes, it's the uh, panel where he's crouched down in a depressive stance and he just wants to touch boobs. Mm. He has the chainsaw for a head. Yeah, he's he he has the chainsaw for a head. Um, I, I the comic kind of is uh think of like a Jujutsu Kaisen where these people are um, monster hunters. Um, and he he does it basically as a job. It's uh he he was very poor before and he worked for the yakuza as a monster hunter, and then um eventually the yakuza turned on him for his debts and attempted to kill him and his uh pet monster which was a dog with a chainsaw head, mm. um but the uh, dog then sacrificed himself uh and gave this uh man this guy his heart so now he's the one with the chainsaw head and mm. chainsaw arms. Cool. Yeah, this is gonna be adapted to a comic, or sorry, to a anime, coming I think at the end of this year or beginning of next year. So I'll be watching that for sure. So it's good to know uh, what the hook is for it. Uh, due to the popularity of this manga. Yeah, the manga is probably the most popular manga in the past like five years. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool. Um, it, there's nothing to really say about the art. It looks like manga. It's black and white. You, it is pretty gory, and the monsters are definitely um. Uh, they're interesting monsters like there's one that was just like a zombie like it was like missing its head but it had like a head growing out of its chest and it would turn everyone else into zombies there's another one uh that looked like a uh, looked like a cutesy little slug 
but really turned into like this uh, monster that controls your muscles and basically baits you into uh, uh, getting attached to it. Um, but overall, I think it's a, a pretty solid manga, bro. I I'm this is this I specifically I was like oh, I'm gonna get into this one before the anime. Yeah, big review. Um, just to see how that how that uh process feels. I'm usually reading mangas after I watch I enjoy a show, so makes sense. Um, hopefully I can get deep deep into this one and uh find out all the spoilers before you. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Now rating. 80 out of 100. I think it's a solid read. Um, Probably, uh, as far as manga goes, just a typical, like, pretty solid and, you know, probably won't put it down for a while. Wouldn't be one of those where people are going to say the anime was better. <laughs> probably. It'd probably translate a lot better, like, chainsawing somebody or a bunch of monsters in a video format. The Father-Son Podcasting Microphone. It just has to get you through three awkward years before you can both start drinking together. In the podcast realm, I'm going to be talking about a, uh, a podcast I briefly mentioned on the last episode, kind of hinted at it um, I, while I was talking about Ted Lasso. Uh, the guy named Roy Kent, his name is Brett Goldstein. He holds a podcast known as Films to be Buried With. Um, Films to be Buried With is... A, a creative podcast where he again like i think i said the synopsis last episode but he tells people that they're dead and then he says how did you die and then he says um what he asked him he asked him the series of questions it kind of reminds me of 99 questions with uh bob buell because he asked him a series of questions i think it's the same questions Repeat every questions. episode yep same questions every, and then he asks follow-up questions of course but it's like what what is the worst movie you've ever seen and it's like what is the one that makes you cry the most what is the one that uh, you would recommend to anyone? What is the one, you know, and so he has like 10 or 15 of these questions. I mean, the episodes almost always are just one hour, but f- films to be buried with, with Brett Goldstein. I watched uh, an episode with Edgar Wright, which is great because Edgar Wright said, hey, let's do something different. I don't want to go to a studio. Let's just walk around a park in London and then record as we're walking. And so it's kind of fun. You hear like the birds chirping and like some people like yelling, like softly back and but they're both like lav mic'd up. So it's like pretty decent quality, but it's just walking and talking and a lot of fun. Um, I mentioned her earlier in the show, um, uh, Gillian Jacobs, who I, he called Gillian Jacobs for a while. And then she had to correct him. It's Gillian, like Gilligan's Island. So Gillian Jacobs. And so I, I will never say her name wrong again. Her episode's a lot of fun because they've never met before in real life. It was just the first time meeting was on that podcast. So you can kind of see like, the awkward energy, but they do really good work together. Um, I was watching Maisie Williams from uh, Game of Thrones. She plays Arya Stark, and her episode was phenomenal. But the biggest, the biggest um, hearkening on this show, because it's tons of fun. Fred Goldstein's really fun. He's, like, lively. He's not like this character on Ted Lasso. Uh, but the biggest downfall of the show is that they have 170 episodes, and me, a entertainment aficionado, I can name, I can recognize and tell you what profession this person is of maybe 10 out of the 170 episodes. They have, it, it's a very, very English show because Brett Goldstein is very English and he started off as just an English comedian. So it's just a lot of other English comedians that I've never heard of before, but names like Yvette Nicole Brown or Nia DaCosta, who we talked about earlier. Nia DaCosta is great. Um, uh, Deliso Chapanda. You just, uh, just people that you have no idea who they are. Chelsea Crisp, uh, Chelsea Crisp, 
Pearl Mackey. Scroobius Pip. That, that's not a real name. That's uh, a fake name. <laughs> Tiffany Stevenson. Doug Benson. I know Doug Benson. What is who's he? Getting high with Doug. It's also a very popular podcast. He's a he's an American comedy. Oh, is he the Getting High with Doug? I, I, I Whatever know. that is. I, I have no idea. Matthew Crosby. Um Nish Kumar. It's, it kind of says if you wanted to figure if you're like, maybe I've heard that name, but maybe not. You, he has a little bio in the show notes if you want to kind of click into it. So needs to say, uh Kemba Bob. Oh, he has Patton Oswald. That's one of the that's one of the ten. I'll I'll put that one. I'll throw that one to the top of the listen list. Uh Susan Wakoma. Okay. Needs to say he, so many people I just don't know. And that's a shame because it's a phenomenal podcast and I really like it. And it's a lot of fun. And he's such a fun personality. So for that, it gets a eighty two out of a hundred. It's great. It's it's totally one you should check out, especially if you want to hear them talk about movies and you like movies. But just pick the people that you know and recognize from all facets of the world. Just scroll through the list and listen to the ones you like. Kind of like hotboxing them with Mike Tyson. Yeah, I get into that spot a lot with comedians podcasts. Like if they're not featuring someone that I also enjoy, then it's I'm probably not watching the episode. Um, speaking of podcasts, because uh, we're in the podcast category. Uh, speaking of them. Speaking of them. Um, my directly relates to my movie. Oh, listening to the podcast Reading Dune, which you recommended me only days ago. Um, I've already listened to 12 episodes, nice. 11 episodes. I'll let you know where I am right now. Uh, but go ahead and tell the people at home what um, Reading Dune's about. But the, the idea is that uh, one of the hosts is a big fan of Dune and has mm-hmm. been through the Dune Encyclopedia and has a wonderful knowledge and uh, gives context to a lot of things that needed context, being a science fiction novel. The other host has never experienced anything in Doom before, or Dune, like I have. So, very on the boat of, this is, I just watched the movie for the first time, and I'm also just reading the the book as they read to me for the first time. So, I'm getting that kind of shock of media that uh, everyone else has apparently enjoyed and enjoyed for many years. Yeah, and I, I really like the show because it's, it's called Reading Dune, but they're not just reading out of the book. It's not just an audio no. book. It, uh, I'd say it's about 50-50. It's 50% reading like passages from the book, and the other 50% is the like gigabrain uh, expert giving you like lore that you would never, never get out of your first time reading Dune. You'd be so confused trying to like pick. like. There's so many names. It's such a big... It's It'd be like watching Star Wars for the first time and then trying to like remember all these different people, you know? And well, Yes, it's totally like a director's cut, almost, of an audiobook. Right. Whereas this person, he just has so much more knowledge and can explain everything. Uh, explains basically every question that you might come across while reading it. Um, but yeah, like that that uh, ratio of like 50-50 of them just speaking about the books and asking each other questions about they have about each chapter and then also going through like, uh, rereading and reading these these important milestones and recognizing these important milestones, which you might not get um, uh, depending on your reading level. What is your rating of reading Dune? Reading Dune is going to get the old 80 out of 100. Um, I'm, it's another one where I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to passively listen to this until it's over because I'm enjoying the story. I'm enjoying the hosts. Um, I would say they... 
uh, in the these early episodes, they have some uh, technical issues. As much, far as- much like us, you know, I, it's definitely like a small indie podcast, kind of like us. And so I, I saw that similarity between it's two hosts just like us. And it's also just like lighthearted, you know, just a couple of buds talking. So that's a couple of buds talking over, I think they use, what do they use? Discord? Yeah, I think so. I think that's what most people probably so, record. Yeah. In. Just like any other indie podcast, it's going to have a technical issue, start working out the kinks. Um, but totally not, totally worth listening through to getting uh, these two points of listening to this sci fi novel. Somebody once told me the world is going to roll me. All right, in the music world, uh, I, I couldn't help myself when this album came out. Um, one of my favorite, like, indie, uh, punk, pop, um, emo-y kind of bands, their name is uh, Rit Momney, which is a, a parody, obviously, on Mitt, Mitt Romney. But Rit Momney is a very solid band, but they came out with an album called Sunny Boy, which is ironically, not ironic, unfortunately, con- com- coincidentally, also the name of the anime I, I chose this this month. So it's, we're going to be talking about two different Sunny Boys here. Um, it, it is a very, very solid um, kind of indie, uh, like rock, kind of fast paced. But each each song on the album runs at its own kind of speed and like tells a different story. And, and it's a lot of fun. It's just kind of poppy and, and uh, male, you know, garage band kind of vibes uh they're a lot of fun i played it for you when we set up the crib i played that album for you um but today i'm going to be playing just their uh, titular um track uh sunny boy and give you guys a little taste of what we've been listening to high class of indie pop you know what i mean they're not the uh they're the typical sound but they're the good part of the typical sound if i if i describe that correctly yeah and this song i think is their most successful song that's why I'm, i chose to play it it's also the titular song it's sunny boy s-u-n-n-y versus sunny boy s-o-n-n-y of the anime but uh it, it's still like it's a lot of fun it's got like light piano it's got like all these different parts um your nice little echoey vocals your um, a plucky guitar. Uh, I love the lyrics. Uh, these days, stuck in my phone, hardly feel like I'm free. Cage up in a body, hardly feeling like me. Dirt in my mind, my feet are so clean. Like that's like it's just one of the riffs in the middle of the song, and it's just like brilliant. Just kind of like gives that kind of overtone where you know, especially when the part where they start re- repeating "woke up this morning," like kind of like f- turning a new leaf, and a lot of layers to the song. But overall, it's a good sound. Each track on the album gives a different little vibe, a uh, different little look into them. They're a band that I'd love to see live. Put it down. Rip Mommy. I, I'd love this. Mostly like little bands like this that have this kind of energy. That's the kind of bands I want to see live. I'm, I think I'm kind of done or over wanting to see like J. Cole. I don't know. I just do know I can't really afford general admission for like 
some of my all-time favorite people. So I'd rather just see like smaller indie bands that tickets are real cheap too. Cause I feel like that's kind of like the best, the best kind of scenes and the best kind of like vibes of seeing yes. live. I love cheap tickets, small venues. Yeah. I love, I do enjoy festivals. That's the only way I would get to experience bigger names. Yeah. That makes sense. Is seeing three or four of them in the span of three days. Um, let's when, just get indoor festivals. Let's do those. Yeah. Let's get an indoor you know, can can just like five AC. bangers you play in a tiny soundstage? Yeah, yeah. Like let's get five people, a five five uh, different people festival, and like some kind of indoor facility. Um, I mean, really, like we could have five different people playing at like uh, the T-Mobile Arena. You could that that place is so big. Yes, you could have five different people playing simultaneously in five different stages. Um, oh yes, definitely. And, and that could be like a festival of its own. But, you know. The music industry isn't ready for that kind of thinking. You know what I'm saying? AC. That's what I need. <laughs> um, I'm giving this album uh, a really solid uh, 84 out of 100. I think it's a great album. It's got a lot of diversity. It's it's super, super fun, super unique. When it came out, I was like, oh, this is great. I definitely want to talk about this. And it's just perfect for uh, this October month of how to waste your time. Uh, yes. Music. Affirmative, affirmative. I have ears and I have listened. I, uh, I affirm there are music. There is music that I have uh, heard. My month has been a lot slower. I I would consider myself in a uh in my usual, um typical, uh musical depression slump where I just you know you go back you listen to, uh the same music that you always listen to when you're uh I don't know not feeling good not feeling yourself that's that's fair uh, that's fair I, I'm, I'm with you um part of that would be like uh bl- blonde um uh, the album by frank ocean frank ocean's blonde maybe i listened to uh anthony green's uh deluxe album uh yeah. beautiful things yep um another one that is on that list that re-released would be faces by mac miller Yes, and I and I'm not really super familiar with most of the tracks on here, so it was pretty new to me. New to you? Um, the reason being, it wasn't on any streaming service. I the the way I would listen to it was some random guy's uh, YouTube upload. Mm. Um, because I guess technically is a mixtape. Right. Um, and I also looked it up. It came out in 2014 after Red Dot, so I my thought it was before Red Dot music. Um, it was for sure after Kids. Definitely after Kids. Um, but it, it, it's kind of just this, uh, era of Mac Miller where it's heavy rap, heavy, uh, self, uh, what's the word? Uh, self introspective. Yeah. Um, definitely he names a lot of his faults and a lot of his faults being his drug usage. Um, and then also it, there's other songs on here that are huge into the jazz samples, like huge huge trumpet um very very nice drum patterns and um overall i think this is just one of my favorite mac albums yeah i think 2014 to 2018 was like the peak mac for me i think before that he was just kind of coming on his own and like figuring out the industry and then he kind of gets his own sound and his well, own yeah. vibes especially considering like you know his biggest audience previously was the college campus party audience true and this is part of that transition out of that to being just an overall great rap artist all right, what are you going to play for us? Um, I'll just play Inside, Outside, the uh, opening song of the album. 
Okay, go ahead and play Inside Outside by Mac Miller. Yeah, yeah, should have died already. Faces, I should have died already. Shit, faces, yeah. I should have died already. Came in, I was high already. Everybody tripping, never mind, ain't steady for my sin. Should have been crucified already. Why the fuck you need me? Don't you know how to fly already? Try to tell you that it ain't real. Tell him find that Yeti. Oh, motherfucker. And it all could end right now. I've never been so ready. That was Inside Outside, Mac Miller. How does that make you feel, bud? Uh, I feel uh, good about it because it's a, it's a really quick track, and that kind of leads to the overall like vibe of just something that kind of you crunch through. Like I I love when I'm hungry, like a good like McDonald's McDouble with Mac sauce and um and shredded lettuce. Not because I I, I don't want a Big Mac right now. I don't want that extra piece of bun. I don't want it to be slowed down. I just want to slam down that McDouble. I just, I take, I, I eat that thing in like five, six bites. I just want to slam, I want something slammable. And that was like a slammable uh, rap track for me. And I, I, I love like, he's getting introspective. He has a great like saxophone, like playing behind him. And, and the whole thing is just works together really well for me. Yeah, it definitely sets the vibe of the entire album right off the bat. It's you, lyrically hits you very heavily. Um, opening words, I should have died already. Um, but over yeah. this like, just a nice flow of like saxophone and it's like oh i'm dancing i'm sad but i'm dancing and um yeah that's kind of like where i think mac shines the best and it also has that goofiness where it's like um what's what's the line like y'all are birds are y'all are birds to me and it's a caca ad lib yeah uh, yeah I, I know what you're saying he's just kind of kind of a Goofy, fun, lovable it, guy. That's also very sad. It's almost contradictory. Even in, even one of my favorite lines as I was listening was, uh, um, "All my homies philosophers, woo." And then, and I don't need nobody. I would love somebody though. Don't you ever get it effed up. Um, everybody want to be God. Besides God, he want to be like us. Just just like super like, uh, talking about like his connection to love and to the world and to um young power and to his friends like that kind of introspective and just such a quick song like such a quick turnaround you get to kind of see his whiplash of emotions and i think that's what kind of man he was he was a man of many emotions and just so to kind of feel that in one like very fast-paced song is i mean the the song's not even fast-paced it's like kind of like a slower jam but it's it it, it, it's slammable you you put it down i I, I do really enjoy that piece yeah and for me is like as soon as i start the album and i hear that song it's like oh i'm in this i'm in that mood I'm set up for the rest of my meal to, I, I started my meal with my, uh, what was it? A, uh, with, with lettuce and Mac sauce. McDouble. Was it McDouble? Mm-hmm. I started my meal. I st- like, I start every meal with a McDonald's McDouble mm-hmm. just to get it, just to get my rolling. belly, get my belly rolling. Ratings. Oh, that's an easy 88 out of 100, maybe even a 94. <laughs> the the re the re the reason why that gutted me is because he said easily an eighty eight. I knew on the notes list he wrote eighty nine, and so when he said maybe even, I was expecting eighty nine. 
but instead I heard 94. I had to, I had to do the same to you, you know. I don't know what my ratings are. Um, yeah, 80, I'll, I'll stand by an 89. That's how I feel in the moment, that that's the in-between of 88 and 94. Just one of my favorite Mac albums. Uh, now it's accessible for everyone to hear. Has a few bonuses. Yeah, as a bonus, has been really popular, um, which is which is nice to him. I think as a bonus album, I think that's never been heard before. Um, gaining some more popularity for uh, the Mac, the rest in peace, Mac Miller. The waste cap. All right, waste caparino positivo uh, so it's gonna be a quick quick waste cap because we both didn't really waste cap each other's uh, content but we'll we'll turn it around well we did we did but we didn't um so we did, but we didn't we did we did we did we did we did we did the completed waste cap and that was the waste cap uh <laughs> <laughs> no so uh like i said steph is um postpartum prepartum not not uh really into like spooky death none of that like like just even talking about death is like too much for her sometimes and so i get that i get that like it's like the the claire has made her emotional our claire bear is important to us her health is important uh just like probably just uh, the vibe of being in and out of the hospital so that much. too that too uh just like michael moran's um subject he said dark was great but claire is better it's true claire is better she's the best um she has made me very thankful for life um however we tried to watch the first episode of squid game because it's the most popular tv show in america and it was uh d-rise last um month's uh talk about um uh, and so we watched the first episode of it and after we finished it, i was like hey you want to watch another one honey and she was like no probably not in like the, the best place for that right now and i was like hey you know what i respect that i respect that because the end of it is like a lot of death in episode one uh, it's it's the it's the um, process of elimination it's the Survival of the fittest, uh, Darwin's uh, theory. Is episode one, red light, green light? Yep, yep. Episode one is red light, green light. At the end of that, that's where people, the you know, the S hits the fan and people realize what they're in. Classic Saw, Hunger Games, you know. You, you know, you've the, seen it. The old man? Yeah, classic, classic. He's, he's having a jolly good time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you, think, you think you would have ran back towards the doors or would you play red light, green light? Me? Yeah, you personally. I mean, I really think I would have observed. You would have sat and observed. I would have observed, and then I would have had to move forward. Like I think I would have wanted to run back to the doors, but like I would the, have observed. like the main character, like just sat for a, a long time. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have sat down. I absolutely. He was like sitting for way too long. Yeah. As soon as people he, started moving, he and let like a, he let a few rounds go by where he just didn't move. He at just all. didn't move at all. Yeah. So I, I would have just, I would have as soon as people started moving, I would start moving with them, and I, I would have been like you know, twentieth to pass the line. Yeah. But. But I, I definitely would have wanted my initial gut reaction would have been to run back to the wall for sure, and I think I, I think I would have got close to it. But then once I saw people going down, I'd, I'd kind of, I'd freeze up because I'm, I'm a freezer. Like I don't, I, I don't, I wouldn't like panic. Yeah, I'm a, people, I'm a, I freeze before yeah, I panic. People talk about fight or flight, but there's a third option which is freeze. Yeah. And I think I'm also a freezer. Yeah. Um, I gotta observe. Yeah, and I think I also would have ran back to the door, but I would have a serpentine. Serpentine is big in my head. Serpentine I, is huge. I gotta tell people serpentine all the time. Like when they're like when I'm we're playing video games with people, I'm like serpentine, bro. Yeah, serpentine. Like, do something. Like be a moving target. Everyone else is just like piling up against the doors. I think I still would have just been like trying to avoid gunshots. Straight up Neo. But I mean, eventually, Matrix. yeah. I mean, if it's they catch it's, up, 
They got auto aim. They got X. Uh, but so. I do, I do really like the beginning of the show, and I, and I, it's just unfortunate that the show. I mean, I, again, I haven't watched anything past the first episode, but it's unfortunate that the show, from what I understand, is going to be mostly in this facility because I liked his like relationship with his daughter, and I liked his relationship with um, that one guy, and like uh, his 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 mom, and like seeing all that stuff, and like in like the small town of Korea. And like the the interaction in the subway with like playing the game, like that stuff is so cool. And like running through, like getting chased by his like people who want to beat him up, like that stuff is really awesome. And so it's just unfortunate that I know that most of the show's not going to be that way, even without having seen it. Um, I liked, I really did like that first episode a lot, but mostly for the not the reasons why the show is good. I think you won't. I I would say seeing the whole thing, you won't be completely disappointed. Okay. Um, there's a few returns. Okay. That are made, but um. Yes, it it is also that, but I do I do specifically also like the sets that they do have in that facility. Once it gets into more different sets that are inside oh, okay. the facility, they're they are more interesting. Cool, cool. Yeah. So from that first episode alone, um, I really did like that first episode. Uh, I give it an eighty out of hundred. I think it was just a great opener, great pilot. I could see why somebody watching was like, "Oh yeah, let's get a whole show about this man. This looks sick. Like this looks really cool." I'm not really I'm not really with like. You'll never see me on any Halloween ever dressing up as anyone in Squid Game or any of the like villains or like the mask guy. I'll just I'm just not like that, and I don't I don't find that compelling. I'd much rather dress up as the guy with like the 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 guy who first like introduces him like with like the letters and like the suit. Even though yes, that's an easier costume. I just feel like his he's just automatically more compelling. Yeah, um, b- being as I worked the I worked. I witnessed a nightclub all Saturday night. Um, there was a few Squid Games players and Squid Game, like the red guys. There's a few of those costumes in the nightclub that Saturday night. All right, bro. What did you waste cap? Uh, 20 pages of uh, Old Man Hawkeye. Old Man Hawkeye. So 20 pages. Is that past the first issue? I I think. I think so. so. Probably like on the second. Where I'm at is he just... Uh, arrowed up that bar with the uh eye candy the bar eye candy mm-hmm. and i love the strippers dressed as um yeah Electra. yeah like different like famous like old school like yeah it almost gave me vibes of like uh pulp fiction where they went to the bar yeah. and it's like buddy holly's like delivering you the stuff yeah, yeah. I, I loved that when i saw that i was like what when i first saw it, i was like why is Electra? this is like post-apocalyptic and then yeah. re- realizing later it's like oh it's just a stripper dressed as her yeah they're That's in costumes hilarious. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but that's where I'm at where we're barely set up. Um, light spoilers would be, uh, well, I mean, if you read old man Logan, then you know that Hawkeye has lost his vision. Yeah. And I already explained Hawkeye's losing his vision in this one. Yeah. He's losing his vision. He's missing arrows. Yeah. He's never missed a shot before. Never, ever in his life. Um, I find it hard to believe that if you shoot, I mean, I guess that's the reason he's a superhero is that he's never missed an arrow. But I have to imagine training he's missed purposely or something. I don't know. He's probably missed purposely, but then if you miss on purpose, then you do hit what you want. I guess so. Yeah. I guess you, Checkmate. I guess he never missed. If you... <laughs> Next time I go to the shooting range, it's like, I meant to hit that spot. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't miss the paper. I meant to miss the paper, so I technically didn't miss. So I technically am 100% accuracy. I I tell it to my uh, shooting instructor. Next time I like have to take a 
CCW test? Uh, two, one e pages down of Old Man Hawkeye. What's your rating? Oh, we're we're right there, dude. I'm in it. It's an eighty eight. Nice. Of it's course, a great. It's a great course, start off. Yeah, of course, it's a comic for you, Hawkeye being your I'm, guy. Yeah. So I got to give it the eighty eight. But beyond that, I think. Well, I just really enjoyed Old Man, uh, Logan, Old Man Logan, which is phenomenal. The original one by McMillan. Yeah. So this being a prequel of it, or sort of like. Yeah, spiritual prequel. Spiritual. Um, once again, it it features my favorite city of the whole entire series, uh, Hammerfall, Nevada. Which is funny because it definitely is set there too, and like you brought it up on the last episode, I was like, "Yep, yeah, that's that is a setting." Yeah. Um, and also I I enjoyed all the characters basically turning into old west. Uh, right. It, it's basically just an old west tale after that, like very classic spaghetti western. Yeah, bull, uh, did, bullseye. Did you get bullseye with the yeah. sheriff bullseye. Yeah, sheriff okay. bullseye with the bowler hat and mustache. Great stuff. Great character. All right, well, that wraps it up for the final episode of 2021 of How to Waste Your Time. Um, please still write in so that we have some content for next year. We're going to have plenty of stuff to consume in the next couple of months. We'll probably record at the end of January and then release it in, you know, in the beginning of February or something. I think a cool just waste cap episode would be nice. Yeah, maybe maybe in the interim. Uh, I'll have D-Rai over. He'll get to meet Claire, and then we'll record like a waste cap. Uh, medium of the month episode we'll just we'll tell each other to consume what we want from which we haven't avoided i'll give claire a rating out of 100 bro i already have oh what is it 100 <laughs> she's perfect 45 dude <laughs> bro, bro she like barely can even feed like <laughs> like i gotta like put the bottle in her mouth and she's like Wah. totally just like i mean she's only been here for like a few days like how how cool can she be dude She's pretty cool, guys. She's pretty cool. All right. Uh, thank you for listening. Um, thank you for being a fan of How to Waste Your Time. Thank you for getting us a little moolah. Be sure to share, uh, rate, subscribe. Um, go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. We've got a couple there. I would love to have a couple more if you haven't written one. Um, it'll help us out. That's what they say. That's what everyone says. I don't know if it directly gives us fruit, but it might because eventually we're going to um, – Eventually, we're going to have, I think when the next season starts, I'm going to try to put us on the Pocket Cast, like, new and noteworthy. So, I'll play us out with this dark video that I don't know if it's spoilers for me, but there's only one way to find out. Oh, for sure it's going to be spoilers. We're, we're, we're watching the Michael Moran's video that he sent. He said, he even warned spoilers in it. You read it. Yes. I don't think this is spoilers for me. This is, I don't even know if it's spoilers for you yet. Spanish subtitles. Classic. I, I needed that. All right. Thank you for listening. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.
Phone's fully charged. I'm excited for that. Good, good. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it dying while you're looking at the notes list. Well, I can just keep that. Keep it up. I'm not. What's your What's your um? Keep it up, huh? What's your screen sleep time? What's your average screen sleep time? Oh, I, I sometimes I just turn it off. Just never sleep. Oh, on my phone. Yeah, I I think I have it at max. I think it's like a minute. I don't think it, I don't think it can. I think max is always on. I don't think there isn't always on an, on iPhone. Hmm. I, feel like, I feel like there's an always, there's got to be an always on. Okay, well, I got the max before always on, so I think it's a minute. <clears throat> I think that's three minutes. So you're you're running mid at a minute because I think I'm also on a minute. How long is, how long do you think it's wow. been? Wow, it's I mine was already went black. I think mine's on thirty seconds. <laughs> Might be on thirty seconds, dude. Who's who's leading us in today? Nah, it's me. I'm gonna give it a crack. <laughs> it's gonna you're gonna hear the and then you're gonna hear. <laughs> 